was a long time ago. Longer now than it seems. In a place that perhaps you've seen in your dreams. For the story that you are about to be told began in the holiday worlds of old. I know you're curious to hear what's inside. It's what happens when two holidays collide. <laughs> Welcome, our friends, to our Christmas delight. Come listen to a ghoulishly glorious um, podcast. I just realized that sight would not work here. So. <laughs> no, you guys, I know you guys could probably do that whole thing line for line, but we only. <laughs> yes, down through the chimney, Jack flew like a hat. <laughs> no, no more. No more. <laughs> more rapid than vultures. See, you tempted us, Kayla. Now we're... This is what happens when I put two voice actors on in one podcast. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to Animus Sings. Hey, and Plus. Merry and Animusics Plus, and hey, Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. Merry, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, the reason we say this is because, oh my goodness, this is a rare, kind of astounding timing. It's serendipity, if you will. Okay, but first, yeah. I I am your host, Kayla King. To my immediate, well, staring into staring my staring into your soul. <laughs> I'm I'm the husband. I am I am David King. And we have a guest. Who? Why hello. I am Nick Barbera. I have been a frequent guest here on Midnight Marinera and Undercooked Analysis and Animusings before. You've been so... on our uh you were actually on our um Ich uh Ichabod and Mr. Toad episode. Yep. That's right. Gosh, I've just good. been scattered all over the place here. Yeah, yeah. You kinda, we're just like, Nick, we need you. Get in. It's more like, <laughs> oh, we got something creepy or Haunted Mansion themed or, or well, Sleepy Hollow themed. And, Get and in I just, here. I just burst through the door. I go, you call? <laughs> it's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson when he hears there's a jungle movie. <laughs> <laughs> Can we work in Nick Barbera? <laughs> no, actually, so I'm going through, I was actually going through um, uh, uh, the Andy Musings list and going like, okay, we're going to do the movie this month. And I have to, because this is a, <laughs> this is a chronological podcast where there are consistent guests. And then when guests are like, ooh, what episodes can I be on? Or what movie can I review? And then I have to look it up and keep track. So when I was checking Andy Musings Plus, I was shocked because this specific movie uh, is a Christmas movie. Uh, we were talking about The Nightmare Before Christmas. Originally released October 29th, 1993. Correct. Mm. Uh, but it's <clears throat> this episode comes out in December, and I was like, oh my gosh, David. Oh my gosh, David. More importantly, <laughs> uh, the way I've arranged things, this episode should be going out on Christmas Eve. So y'all be hearing this, waiting for Sandy Claus to arrive, right? Yes. Good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which... Um, it's also a pleasure to be on here because for those in the New York area, I and a wonderfully talented group of actors uh, am part of the cast of the Beetle House bar and restaurant in New York City. And coincidentally enough, I play Sandy Claus himself, Jack Skellington over there. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm sorry, I had to... No, no, no. You're, you, I mean, usually we do plugs at the end, but you are more than welcome. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this you're, is appropriate. You, hey, you can. You're more than welcome to do plugs at the beginning. I completely understand. Uh, and it actually <laughs> makes sense. It it feels like 
Well, because you you have played um, Ichabod Crane too a bunch of times, and we were like, "Oh, we need him on for the Ichabod episode." And then, yes, quite right, quite right, my dear Kenna, that is correct. <laughs> and it's like, uh, actually, when we knew um, that we were gonna, we decided we were gonna do Nightmare Before Christmas. We're like, we have to have Nick Barbera on the show. It just has to. <laughs> and this was before we even uh, you were even cast as uh, Jack Skellington. So yes, it's just. Cool. It's just, it just gets better and better. Well, it's, it's hard to think of anyone off the top of my head who probably enjoys this movie to the same level me and Kayla do, if not more so. So, uh, uh, should we t- actually, should we talk about our histories first then? Like our personal our- histories? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Uh, let's, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't, I don't know if Nick should go first or last. Like, it's, a- <laughs> <laughs> you I know, know, it's kind of an enigma. <laughs> um, um I'll make it. I'll make a decision here. I'll, I'll take it first, and then I want to hear your opinion, Kayla, and then we'll save the best for last. That's the best way to do <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so this was a movie. This was this was a movie I owned growing up in a clamshell VHS case. Me and, too. And I also remember seeing this in theaters. Me too. Actually, I, d- I don't remember. I don't because I, I was born a year after it came out. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, Dave and I were that right age. Uh, like I was almost four. I know I saw it in theaters. I don't remember seeing theaters, but I know I saw it in theaters. Yeah, I would have been four, I think, because this would have been before my birthday in in ninety. Yeah, you you would have been almost five. I would have been, been almost four. five years old. Uh, but I do remember seeing this. I remember seeing. Um, I remember seeing the uh, tra- trailers for it on VHS tapes and things like that. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, or not trailers, but like almost like little behind the scenes vignettes and making of. And I remember being very interested in it right from the get go. Um, and I, I very, I, I watched this a lot to the point where, um, like many other movies I've talked about here on Animusings, this one, uh, was burned into my, uh, my mind. There, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I know this movie at the same time revisiting it now, years later. There's a lot of little things I picked up on that I don't think I thought about as deeply uh, when I was younger. So that just, again, I think the joy of doing this podcast is getting to revisit these movies as an adult that um, I enjoyed so much as a kid. And I loved The Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, it's... I. I Anybody who knows me knows I like spooky stuff, and this is a spooky movie that has to do with Halloween and Christmas, the two uh, best holidays of the year, In or, you know... In, in my opinion. So, uh, other than international mm-hmm. talk like a pirate day. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, I mean, there's not, I don't have a ton more to say about that, except that I can, I can tell you that when, um, Haunted Mansion Holiday first appeared at Disneyland, that was a big thing for me for a while because I had no idea it was even going to be there until I was there one December with my family and we rode the train around, uh, to New Orleans Square and I'm like, why is the Haunted Mansion covered in Christmas decorations? <laughs> Wait, is that Jack Skeleton sitting outside? So it blew my mind to see the mansion all turn into Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm like, and the, fir- the first thing I thought was, this is great. And then the second thing I thought was, oh, no, is this permanent? No. Thankfully, it's not. Um, and now I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of like, I like it when it's here. I just wish it didn't eat up so much of the year. You know what I mean? Anyway, but that's just, that's, I just... That's how much I enjoyed the Nightmare Before Christmas. That when something came and radically changed the haunted mansion to another theme, I was like, "No, this is cool and exciting," and I wasn't expecting this at all. So, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, similar to you, I think my personal history is similar to you. Like I, I saw, like I said, saw it in theater. I don't remember seeing it in theater, but I do know I saw it in theater and I watched the movie growing up as a kid, and I genuinely liked it. Um, as I got older, I 
really, really did like it, and I would rewatch it. And then I got uh, really excited about the movie and started learning about details. I got the, when the DVD came out in two thousand. You think? Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. two thousand. Um, I would rewatch all the like behind the scenes and stuff like that. Um, uh, weirdly enough, um, so the interesting thing about this movie it is how it connects with all my other pop cultural loves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for for example, like um, I did not it, the connection. Uh, when I started delving into the lore and history of um Nightmare for Christmas as a kid. That connection to, oh, Danny Elfman was the <laughs> lead singer to Oingo Boingo, <laughs> which I knew about Oingo Boingo because uh, I saw, the first time I saw them play was in Back to School, the Ronnie Dangerfield mm-hmm. film. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I really like this song. Oh, I love the Weird Science song. And then when I learned Danny Elfman is the same guy and all that, that's when I went down the whole rabbit hole and became an Oingo Boingo fan. Um, <laughs> and not only that, um, like, I would look up cast, like, the cast of the movie and would be like, ooh, they did this. I want to see what, they, what this is. And I was like, I didn't know they were part of this. Or look up a crew member. Like, oh, I didn't know Henry Selick did, um, uh, also directed... Uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? James and the Giant Peach and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so, it, um, one of the things that also I really liked about this film is the animation. Like, I'm a huge stop motion fan. I will, like, yeah. uh, for those who don't know what stop motion is, uh, stop motion is using puppetry, and it's kind of like, they take a picture, you move it a little, take a picture, move it a little. Frame by frame, frame still by frame. animation. It is a very painstaking yeah. process. Like mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot of hard work. And films like Coraline, um, anything by Leica, uh, as well as those Christmas specials, use stop motion. So the Rankin Bass Christmas yeah. specials, yes, uh, yeah, but the really, really old ones like uh, Rudolph and those guys. So yeah. it, it was strange, yeah. though. I think when it was like my early years of middle school or yeah, early years of middle school when Light- Nightmare for Christmas kind of just exploded like into society, yeah. like it, like mm-hmm. hot, it was like a hot topic everywhere. Everybody's like, Oh my God, I love Nightmare for Christmas. It was kind it was just a strange thing. Cause this was just a movie that I grew up watching and loving. And then I didn't realize it would just explode as it, like it did. And actually, uh, another thing, too, um, when I really, I actually did know, like, I didn't, unlike David, who learned it by being in the park, I knew ahead of time, like, through, like, research and being a Disney geek, that Mm -hmm. uh, they were (laughs) going to do a Haunted Mansion um, Nightmare for Christmas overlay. And I I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to go on this. But I don't, I, I was still afraid of uh, Haunted Mansion at this point. So I think that was what helped me become more comfortable. So Aww. eventually I finally went on the ride and opened my eyes and realized how cool Haunted Mansion was. And then uh, then I got to ride the uh, Nightmare for Christmas overlay. And then I finally, so it, it kind of helped me get, gain my confidence. Like, okay, if I'm going to ride this, if I'm going to enjoy <laughs> Nightmare for Christmas, I can't be afraid of this ride. Yes. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, um, yeah, and then I had the songs memorized. I, uh, I, and another thing too is because my taste in like things were so vast, I, I think having that 
like being a fan of Nightmare for Christmas growing up helped my family because they're like, oh, thank God, I could just buy her Nightmare for Christmas stuff and she'll like it <laughs> and it's easy <laughs> instead of just this random stuff that we don't know what she likes. But the problem is, I think my some of my family members took it a little too th- far. They're just like, here, you'll get, here's a Nightmare for Christmas shirt. And it's like the cheapest looking Nightmare for Christmas shirt or like Nightmare for Christmas. And so like, thanks this is a little too much i'm not it's like i like it i'm not I, i'm not like covering every all my items in it though like um, it's not your everything it's not my everything right um but yeah uh definitely uh, like again i definitely a fan of the movie love the songs and uh again we'll get into depth about why it's good yeah. later on in a bit but uh, yeah 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 Nick. <laughs> okay, okay. So, to those listening to this who know me very well, uh, my obsession for this movie is quite unhealthy. I That is because... Okay, so I remember distinctively I was in, I want to say preschool, and it was a rainy day outside. They, they So whenever that happens, they would put us in the auditorium and they would show something for, like the mass amount of kids on the little TV on the, on the thing. The thing is though, that the TV was still one of those TVs that they would put on those little carts and they would push them out. So the screen was really small, but one of the things that they would show was nightmare before Christmas. And so all I can remember is that the first thing that I watched was the, was this very tall skeleton standing on this really swirly hill And I couldn't make out what he was saying or what he was singing or anything. But I was just fascinated on how he looked and how he moved and how everything looked. It wasn't quite like a Disney movie where it was like Aladdin or Lion King where they would look like cartoons. This guy looked clearly three-dimensional. But he moved in a weird kind of way that wasn't quite human. But I was fascinated. I was like, okay, I need to see this movie now. (laughs) So – I asked, and so my friend told me, oh, I have a VHS of it if you want to borrow it. I was like, yes, please. And so immediately I watched it from beginning to end, and I loved every minute of it. I thought it was fantastic. I still think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, I'll get more into it as we roll along talking about the movie itself, Mm -hmm. particularly when we get to a certain point, which I'll point out when we get there. Okay. But I think the movie is – a wonderful example of a movie that could be watchable by anybody and everybody. Mm. Um, It's great for kids. It is great for adults. I think it's certainly great. Well, it's certainly great for the teen demographic who is into that kind of stuff. Uh, Especially now. Like I said, when we get into the history, I'll get into that a little bit too. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like as I grew up, that movie – like, first of all, I memorized that sucker backwards and forwards. So, As did we. It, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of playing on loop constantly in my head. But um, the like the songs, the dialogue, everything. And uh, since you guys talked about Haunted Mansion Holiday, I guess I will too. <laughs> um, I first learned about it when I was researching about the Haunted Mansion as a kid on Doom Buggies because, like Kayla, I was afraid to go on that ride at first. Like, I was too afraid. So – Doom Buggies was looking at the mansion from a safe distance. And then they had all the pages about the Haunted Mansion holiday, how every every year Jack Skellington and his friends take over the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. And I was like, 
wait, they do that? <laughs> oh my god. Wait, Jack is there? What is happening? You know, like that kind of stuff. And I I wouldn't get to see it until a few years ago. And uh riding it for the first time, it was a blast mm-hmm. because it was just oh my god, it was amazing. Um <laughs> So yeah, pretty much most that movie has helped me a lot too personally when I was growing up. Again, I'll get back to it when we get there. Oh yeah. But but yeah, so pretty much to sum up uh pretty much most everything I do or s- most of the things I talk about just kind of goes back to that one movie because of it. I just think it is amazing. This is be a great example of uh like a movie's made me kind of thing, huh? Oh my god. Oh yeah. I did. We, we actually should introduce you to our friend Cheryl. Uh, she record. I, I mean, she likes to usually do her interviews in person, but she does a podcast called Movies Made Me, and uh, she'll interview people and ask, like, what are your, the five movies that have influenced your life? And I think you would be a good candidate for it. I'll have to <laughs> recommend you to her. Thanks. All right. So that's that's right. good. So now we know all know, we know all, we know all our histories, but let's unopen that stocking that has the 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 production history of the movie, shall we? Okay. So, because I-, I was saying to Kayla as I was watching this movie, like objectively speaking, this is a, like I know we we all love it, we know it, we know it's part of our like basically our existence now. But goodness gracious, is it a weird concept, isn't it? Like okay, when you think about it objectively. Uh, <laughs> okay, I should before we. Okay, um, another, I probably should add that this part of our history too, because, um, if we're, this movie, it starts with one man, and that is Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. I actually was a big Tim Burton fan when I was younger. Oh, yeah. And that actually did help, in, like, increase my love of Nightmare for Christmas. Oh, same. Like, I loved Beetlejuice. Definitely. I loved. I, I knew about Beetlejuice before I knew about Nightmare Before Christmas. So, I think that, even well, even at that age, I think it was the same time actually for me. I think I I, I just remember knowing about it as long as I could remember. Mm-hmm. But also same with um, uh, Batman too, and uh, all these different movies. And it was kind of surprising to along the way, like, oh my gosh, this man made all these movies! I can't believe it. Right. Uh, th- and now <laughs> now my I, my thoughts are different on his his directing now but, but uh, let's get ready for dumbo let's not do, let's let's not. uh let's let's not. let's not let's not do if that you, shameless plug if you want to hear us talk about the the 2019 remake of dumbo you could go listen to us on uh on um nothing new with justin keys on and andrew lindy i i, I basically yell <laughs> i get angry. We, we get so angry about so, dumbo so okay uh sorry tim <laughs> Tim, so Tim Burton, um, another thing to begin with is he was actually one of the original 1980s animators. Mm-hmm. So, like he was working on Fox and the Hound and such. Um, right. But also at this point, he directed a 30 minute movie called Vincent, um, which, uh, by the way, uh, that eventually influenced uh, his animated film, Vincent. Um, the original is really good. It's a live action film. Uh, it was on the uh, Night Before Christmas um, DVD special. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it. It's really good. Okay. Um, or is it Vincent? No. I or am Frank and Weenie? S- that's Frank and Weenie. I am so sorry. I'm. No, no. Although I, 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 no, but I. I it's I, okay. I, I, just, I appreciate that you bring up Vincent. No, no, no. That's Vincent, a- Vincent is the 10, uh, like the f- 10 minute special. That's also a. Uh, 
stop, stop motion yeah and narrated yeah. by vincent price it's so wow. good oh i am so yeah. sorry it's okay i it's, i wonder it's okay i'm I'm sending you a virtual hug. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's just, that's a ghost that's right. hug. Okay, but uh, he, <laughs> sorry. So he uh, so he completed that short in 1982, and then after that, wrote a three-page poem titled "The Nightmare for Christmas," and that was kind of inspired like those similar poems, like the "How the Grinch Stole Christmas" and um, "Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer," etc. Um, yeah. He wanted to a- adapt this poem into like a TV special and do the sim- similar thing with- that he did with Vincent, have Vincent Price narrate, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, however, at that time, um, the- so they were considering developing it because Vincent actually did well, but they were like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is too weird. <laughs> So, okay. um, The timing was not right for it. And it's true. I feel like there's... I have actually spoken to older adults about this, or I've had older adults come up to me, and they are like, I don't get this film. I don't get Nightmare for Christmas. And I'm like, what's the... Okay, I I don't (laughs) understand. In my brain, I'm like, what do you mean you don't get it? How do you not get it? And they're just like, I I just don't get it. Like, my mom was one of those people who's like, I don't get this film. I don't get why people like it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to see it from that because it's it's a it's a musical, a really beautiful musical that's about a skeleton no, and a patchwork girl. Because, again, it's just they, <laughs> they only see the surface level. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They, on the yeah, surface, yeah. if you only look at the surface, when you think about, like, taking taking Jack's lament out of context, it's a skeleton singing about how he's bored. On a curly hill. Yeah, the the yeah. This, okay. Well, once we get into it, I'll. I'll and it's explain. weirdly like, and it's beautiful. Well, we'll get there. Okay, hold but on, I mean, hold like, on. I, I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, is, I'm sorry. They said it was too weird, and uh, <laughs> yeah. also in 1984 he was fired. Um, and he went on to uh, he went on to do other stuff, uh, stuff like a uh, Beetlejuice and <laughs> Edward Scissorhands <laughs> and <Yeah>. Batman. <laughs> and then Disney was like, so uh. We want you to come over here. Just come over here for a second. <laughs> just and Tim said, uh, no, nah, that's okay, guys. No, no, I'll no, just no. be over here. Actually, no, 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 no. Uh, he kept thinking about Night for Christmas. He's like, I still want to work on that. I still want that to be a thing. And then he and Henry Selick were like, yeah, we would love to still work on that. And because he was successful, they were like, here's Jeffrey Kassenberg. Like, hey, you know, you're doing really well. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until we get rid of Jeffrey. I'm just putting it out there, Kayla. I cannot wait till we get rid of Jeffrey. <laughs> but they're oh. like, hey, you, you're doing well with live action films. And you know what? We're doing these amazing, successful animated films. You should do something, too. And then not only that, um, this is when Who Framed, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was released in 1988. And that was like a strange uh, take on animation. And their thought... Ooh, this is similar. Like, this is an, another work of animation that's kind of different. Let's go with that. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. So they that's when they did greenlit light it. When they greenlit it, was it produced? The distribution was through t- t- Touchstone. They uh, so yeah. they when as they were developing the film, Disney was like, "We're we can't do this as uh, a Disney film. It's too dark and scary for kids." So <laughs> yeah, they put it under Touchstone mm-hmm. again. There's this. Uh, when we get into it, okay. Let me get back to the history. So I should let you know. Despite the fact that Burton created the story, like the poem and all that, and it is titled "Tim Burton's A Nightmare for 
Christmas, even though the reason for that was to use Tim Burton's name to... His name, his story, the inspiration. He didn't really do as much as he thought during production, though. So um, he couldn't direct because he was working on Batman Returns. And he actually didn't really want to be involved with the stop motion process. So Henry mm -hmm. Selleck uh, took control as the director. And he even said, like, you know, Tim Burton only came, like, five times out of the two years they worked on it. And, like, it, oh, wow. it, it, like he, according to him, it was, like, not that many days either. Like, probably up to, like, ten days that he came in to on production. So mm. Tim Burton was, didn't do as much as you think he would have. He was part of the development, yes, but this was... Henry Selleck was the one who directed and took control of most things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that 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 seems obvious, too. Just if you know Selleck's other work, you definitely see... While Tim's Tim is the inspiration, like it's a very Henry Selleck film. Let's not forget Henry yeah, right, Selleck yeah, goes yeah. on to do Coraline. Coraline, Paranorman. Wait, wait, I don't know yeah. if he did. Por did he do Paranorman? I don't know if he was. Well, I think he, I think he did Paranorman. Did you know what? We we are going to talk about Leica somewhere. Oh down no no, no. Leica is right. Uh, Leica is definitely in the funnel. Like if we do not talk about Leica, I'm going to be sad. I'd be sad too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he did not direct. So uh, will I. He did not direct that film. <laughs> oh okay, never mind. But in Leica, oh, anyway. Right. Anyway, um, but another person who also had a lot to contribute was uh, Danny Elfman. Um, Danny Elfman had already been a collaborator with uh, Tim Burton for a while. Like, they worked on Pee-wee's Herman Big Adventure together. That was their first project. And mm -hmm. uh, they they worked together to create the storyline and songs. And uh, even Danny Elfman says this is, like, one of the easiest jobs I had to do. It was so fun to do. I'm sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was... By the way, this film was not uh, an expensive film to make. It was only $18 million. As I mentioned before, like Beauty and the Beast was twenty five million, Aladdin was twenty eight. This was only eighteen. Hmm. So they hmm. and because it was under Touchstone, and the film was kind of seen as like the for Disney as the like eh okay film. You know, it's like a, it's the uh, I think one of the creators people might like this called it a stepchild yeah. of the, <laughs> of the <laughs> oh Disney. dear wow. Disney films. Well, it, it wasn't one of their big films. They weren't expecting much out of it. But then again, um, they also didn't expect much from The Lion King either, and look where that went. Yeah, this. Hey, there you go. So, uh, this film did really well, actually. Yeah. They call it a sleeper mm -hmm. hit. Uh, not less because a lot of people think, oh, it just became big after years passed. Uh, no, it actually did well. It made fifty million in its first theatrical run. Um, which is not like, oh, like to the extended achievement that. No, but it, it turned a profit based on oh, its no, budget. Oh, no, it so. turned a profit, and that's what was expected of it. Mm -hmm. Like, it, there wasn't as much expectations on it, and um, there wasn't much marketing. So the fact that it actually made a profit uh, said a lot about that film. Mm -hmm. um, and then not yeah. only that, critics were, like, saying, oh, this is really good. This is, yeah, this is, uh, like, this is worth watching. This is quite an achievement. And, I again, I think it also, like, this is the definition of a sleeper hit. Mm -hmm. Not just, I mean, yes, it did well, but it wasn't like, it was a moderate achievement. It wasn't until like later that it became more relevant and it appealed to our audience or like uh, the next generation got it more and was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a thing. Like, yeah. And it became <laughs> huge. Like, of course, it became yeah. 
extremely huge. Yeah. Like, look at how much oh, marketing yes. is for oh, it's, this. And it still is. Yeah, it's oh, kind of, yes. Um, but yeah. it did. Uh, it, I mean, it was nominated for um, best visual effects for uh, Academy Awards, but it lost to Jurassic Park, which <laughs> honestly, you know, which is it's it's fair. Totally Jurassic fair. Park had pretty good looking dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, for 1993, like those dinosaurs <coughs> were amazing. Remember when they like actually mixed animatronics and CGI really well to the point where it didn't clash? Like those are good oh, days. Oh my goodness, that was a that was a good time. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> that's, a- I, that's the uh, the general history for Nightmare for Christmas. Um, there you go. So as we, I mean, we'll get into it more as we talk about the movie, but um, as I, I think this is the part where I'll say people. So like I said, like my mom and other people, like an older generation have said, this is weird. I don't get it. And I think uh, the people that were at the right age to actually watch it and like, I guess it would be like Generation X, I would say, that Maybe. were like, like, that were like early teenagers at that point uh-huh or like yeah. early millennials they were just like i don't get it it's and because the 90s were a very like box office type film very popcorn flick type film so they're like we don't get it we i don't but then if you think about it as a time passed and um fads changed and everything the reason why i think this film continued to remain timeless i actually that's the best way to describe it it is a timeless film is because the storyline is actually very simple like it is oh it's extremely simple it's like one of the simplest films for kids that i could think of and yet still be so (coughs) excuse me complex exactly like that makes sense i mean this is about a this is about a person like we got our hero who is bored with (coughs) his life typical Mm -hmm. hero story um and then discovers something different and strange and decides and becomes more part of it like discovers a new world and it's like ooh strange but discovers it's not at all it's cracked up to be and has to save the day at the end mm-hmm. that's yeah. a very basic premise mm-hmm. but then it's made complex by the fact that you add halloween and christmas together and then add a and the fact that it's also got that creepy element to it as yeah. well, like with Halloween Town, it's like they really get into Halloween Town. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. Is this the yeah. point where I think we just talk about yeah, let's... the movie? Because I mean, yeah, man, this thing opens so good. We see I'll... the another interesting thing I probably should mention too is David and I counted. There are thirteen songs if you count all the reprises. All yeah. the reprises. <laughs> there's thirteen songs. The typical Disney film has like four or five. This has yeah. thirteen. Hmm. This is like this is more musical than any other oh, yeah. movie that, yeah. that at the time. And we open mm-hmm. up with a song, which is uh, my favorite song in the movie. Personally, I think it's mine too. Or it, it, this it, is oh no, this, that's, no, it's not. It's one of my favorite. But this one is my close third because I have a second and a and a first one, which okay. we'll get to later. Yeah. But, it's funny because yeah, no, this, like, this this is easily my favorite personally. Yeah, I just okay, but uh, yeah. Uh, this is uh, Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> this what? is Halloween. Oh my gosh! I don't know how anybody could just take the overall wonderful spirit of Halloween and all of the elements that make it so cool and mm-hmm. awesome to kids, and just sum it all up in just one song that lasts 
a little more, a little over three minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my God, what a world opener. Because we, we, literally. It, it really is, it really is a, a scene setter because it's all about sweeping through and showing off this, this twisted, dark, but still kind of like whimsical setting of Halloween Town, which is a world where it's perpetually Halloween. Actually, you pointed out that uh, this whole part of the movie, David, uh, or this song, kind of shows them in actually the real world of like Halloween is how they're celebrating Halloween in the real world. And they're just at the end of the song. It's them just getting back. Yeah, I didn't realize it yeah, as a kid because yeah. I'm like, wait, they they get together in the town square, they sing, and they're like, that was the best Halloween ever. And I didn't make the connection until just now that what's happening is they're all coming back from the real world. The ones yeah. who have gone out of town to go do their thing. Jack's been out scaring people. The, a bunch of the other monsters and ghosts have been out there doing that too. And they're returning to Halloween Town after a successful night. Mm-hmm. Which is, I didn't realize that. And I can't believe I didn't pick up on that until this viewing. I also like the fact that all these characters represent Halloween. Not just like horror or like scary, but Halloween. Like Mm -hmm. we got, uh, Oogie's boys are literally trick-or-treaters and like represent like the mischief night. You got, um, uh, like I'm I'm going through it in my head. There's a, there's a, there's a scary clown on a a unicycle. unicycle. I was going to say, you got your clowns, you got your werewolves, your vampires, your witches. Also, there's a Halloween tree and the skeletons are hanging from the Halloween tree, like decorations. Like this is legitimately Halloween. It's a living Halloween decoration. Yeah. It's cool. Uh These, it's less representative of like, ooh, spooky. Well, some of them are like, there's some like. Well, like, like obviously Dr. Dr. Finkelstein, and well, he's, he's like, like your typical mad scientist. scientist but that, yeah, that's yeah. still part of Halloween. I'm thinking more like, what the heck is that? Like, I think there's one creature that I'm like, that comes out of nowhere. Are you talking about the monster? <laughs> the monster with the like the tentacles on his head? Yeah, and like the the mouth, the, 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 the little, 360 degree mouth. Yeah, like that's like I think that. I think um, they call him a Harlequin demon or something. I think yeah, that's the official name. They oh, that's just cool. pulled that out of nowhere. That was just like <laughs> everything else. I'm like, yeah, I, I get this. I can see like there's Hillbilly with a hatchet in his head. Zombie guys. Like, <laughs> that guy's, that guy's like, one of my favorites. Even, yeah. the, even the melting man, I totally understand. <laughs> this demon thing is just something Tim Burton <laughs> drew or someone drew and they're like, yeah. I like that. I, no, I, I really a, love that design. No, I gotta it's a great say. design. It's just, Demon. it's just kind of random. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know we're kind of jumping ahead with some of the said denizens because we don't see them until the town meeting, but uh, the Grim Reaper and a witch, I presume a witch with an apple. Oh, yeah. Actually show up at one That's point. That's so cool. Oh, my God. I thought I, I thought I was the only one who noticed that. Yeah. He actually just noticed I was, it. I was, I was going to bring that up when we got to that scene. <laughs> we could talk about them more when we get there, but like, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But this, but this is such a good introduction. You just, this is Halloween. It's, it's, it's so simple. And they're just having a grand old time celebrating, coming back. It's, it's grounded in, in the, the setting. Um, and what a great introduction for Jack, because not only does he, he come in as the scarecrow that we saw at the beginning, and it gets established at the beginning that this is a holiday world accessed through a door in a tree surrounded by other yeah. holidays. Um, and we'll get back to that because that goes, they're, they're in the, they, when Jack goes to the forest later, but, um, we see that scarecrow, and then that scarecrow shows up again, but suddenly it's alive, and... We're introduced when, to our hero, our, everyone. The king of Halloween yeah. himself. What a great way, what a great introduction. The way he comes out of the fountain during yeah. that big, like, musical crescendo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. And, and it I is think, Jack Skellington. I, I find it interesting they made a... I think 
that's one of the reasons why people are like, this is weird. Because our hero is a skeleton. When, how often? A very, do- a very tall, like, lanky, spindly skeleton. Very. Not to, not to mention that this is, I think, one of the fewest, if not the only movie where our hero has no eyes. <laughs> that's a good point. So, so there's yeah. that. <laughs> He's, his skull is pretty expressive for a, for a skeleton. He can actually, like, move his his mouth and browse around mm-hmm. you know that's what that's what i love so much about the design is that it's so expressive and yet it's like it's perfect for his character i just love it like yeah. his blinking eyes and everything oh it's the little things yeah it, so it makes it work like his bat tie that like unfurls as he comes out of the fountain for example by the way <laughs> yeah. let's not forget this is stop motion. It's beautiful. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. So it's like the, all these details are like, oh, mm, you, that, mm. as I, again, people who love the art of animation itself, like ten times more credit to people who do stop motion because what a laborious process. Oh yeah, and it's oh, and, uh, and when executed like well, like here, this might be one of the first real stop motion things i remember seeing and i was so i was blown away knowing that this was all just a series of still frames that had been linked together like i i know you lose that after a while i knew we grew up with the like rankin bass stop motion but if you ever watch those those are those are pretty janky looking oh yeah Yeah, (laughs) oh yeah like this is i i can't hey i like i like the rankin bass I like some of the Rankin I, Bass specials as much as the next guy, but like, they're, but you're, they're, they're clearly like they skip some frames. <laughs> I, they're a big, they're a big guilty pleasure for me, but I can definitely notice that. Hey, I just mean, just because we're here, and I want to take time. Uh, what's uh, just it, real quick? Favorite Rankin Bass Christmas special? The year without Santa Claus. <laughs> um, Santa Claus is coming to town. That's my favorite one. Uh, I actually really like the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. I... Oh, that one's good too. Yeah. yeah. No, I like the Year Without a Santa Claus. That's that, a good one. That one's does Does the Hobbit count? Because the Hobbit is my favorite Rankin Bass production. <laughs> I, I think Actually, our, uh, it depends on. Okay, we're sticking with Christmas right now. No, no, no. I just wanted to find out which Rankin Bass ones everybody liked. So that, yeah. now we can move on. Okay. So, so yeah, we. Oh, I also love. Um, we we uh, in this scenes all pretty much all the principal Halloween Town characters get introduced except for the trick or treaters, which come later. A couple of the background characters and Oogie, obviously they're they're important. They come later, but um. The mayor also makes a big introduction here, and I. And the mayor is also a very a, strange design, but I love it. That's a great design. Yeah. That's that's like a kind of um, uh, happy, sad face type one, but with a, I, I guess like a Joker twist. Or I, I'm trying to think of what um, another example of a monster that would work with it. Maybe even kind of a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde sort of thing. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I think. I think basically it was. Um, I mean, we all know what it is but i mean it's basically a parody of how people kind of look at politicians as two-faced yeah mm. no, and I, so I, they I, just kind of gave it a halloween twist because they thought hey that's a that's a monster we could put in halloween town i guess i mean, I mean one okay. of the i mean one <laughs> of the lines in the film which is a great line it's like jack please i'm only an elected official here i can't make decisions by myself <laughs> Um, I really like how when we first see the mayor, though, and he's doing his lines, he, does, he doesn't even do the head rotation thing to give him the, no. that QA. No, his body rotates 360 while his head stays in the same place. I'm yeah. like, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. See that split oh, no. oh, Whoa. Again, these small these small details that were right. um So so they do the thing, everybody's celebrating, you know, our first award goes to the vampires for the most blood drain this evening. You know, that um, kind of we thing. Quick, <laughs> we quickly get into uh Jack's I want song. Yeah. Quickly yeah. On. Oh, yeah, oh, it, it does kind of happen pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. It is also important to establish one other thing that gets established quickly this early is uh is Sally uh being you know, rebellious, escaping yes. from Dr. Finkelstein to go out and see the real world, the real Halloween town. By the way, some of these voice actors are top notch. So we got Catherine O'Hara doing the voice of uh, Sally, mm-hmm. who um, you guys might remember as the mom from Beetlejuice and the mom from uh, <laughs> from uh, Home Alone. So And the yeah. mom. And the mom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> glad she, yeah. I, I'm glad she's doing a role. She's such a funny actress. I'm so glad yeah. she's doing a role that's not so the great. mom. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, also, um, now, uh, Jack Skellington's voice is interesting because it's, a. Uh, this is the one time where it's like his speaking voice, I think has less speaking than his singing voice. Now his singing voice is clearly sang by Danny Elfman. Like that is clearly Danny Elfman, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, his speaking voice is done by Chris Sarandon, who you guys may know as is, uh, Prince Humperdinck from, uh, Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. As well as uh, the detective from Chucky, for all you horror <laughs> fans out there. Yeah, as soon as, as as soon as I found that out, like um, to sound cliche, my mind was blown. Oh, you can't That's unhear it. No, you can't unhear it. You can't it. unhear it once you know. Like, you watch like, Child's Play, and it's like, oh, what, Jack? I know. I was like, "That's Jack Skellington. He's getting attacked by a doll." That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> It wouldn't be the first time Jack's been attacked by a doll, though. That's true. It's Halloween Town. <laughs> yeah, it's true. an occupational hazard. Yeah, but um, uh, his uh, Jack's Lament, That's a. It's a lovely song. Um, I, it's not one of my favorites, but it's a very. It's a. It's a good song, and I think it is. Sta- I think it's where the 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 odd tone the odd tone of the movie gets established. When I say odd, I mean the part where people go, "I don't get it." I think the song is beautiful. And oh I no, think it's beautiful. The setting is beautiful. I mean, how iconic. I mean, Nick, mountain? you said it yourself. The hill and the moon and the tall yeah. skeleton standing on top of it singing his song about how Halloween just doesn't do it for him anymore. He he needs something else. He's longing for something he can't quite grasp, you know? And then, so, oh, yeah, we can introduce to Zero, which is the, that's not a uh, stop motion. That's, isn't that 3D? Yeah, stop. Uh, Zero is 3D, right? That one, that one is th- that one is stop motion, but they used the Pepper's Ghost effect, so they had oh. to meticulously they had to meticulously set him up so that way he was pe- like so they stop motioned him and another part of the set. So <laughs> I'm I'm guessing they would put some glass, yeah, where they would make sure that it was placed just right. It's I think amazing. I remember seeing that as an extra. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so that way it was like a legit ghost dog. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, okay. It's been a while since I saw that, but I think you're right. Actually. I, I figured you would know it's just as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but, um, zero is adorable. What a good He's little so dog. Cute. He is I a love cute dog. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in that, that graveyard. And, um, you know, again, Halloween Town is a is a abstract kind of place, especially because you realize that when Sally goes to get the things that she uses to uh, to drug Doctor Finkelstein, Doctor Finkelstein, <laughs> there um, there are graves that are labeled with the uh, the stuff that's growing out of the grave. Yes. So you got to wonder, yeah. are people buried there have those names, and the plants got those names, or is it just like almost advertising? 
Uh, Things David thinks about too much. Anyway. Uh, the, <laughs> it's a good thought. Um, but, oh my gosh. I lost. If I may, if I may uh, gush about Jack's lament of for course. a quick, quick minute. Let's do it. So when I said that there were, I had like my top three favorite songs from this film. Um, this one is number two. Mm. Oh. Because I really think that. Well, it's also because it's the way I grew up with the movie. This song was actually my first introduction to the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, cuz I, I remember seeing it in preschool and not, you know, thinking too much of it. And then when I was in occupational therapy, my occupational therapist had a CD of like uh the greatest Disney classic songs and Jack's Lament was one of them. Oh nice. So when she said so when I asked, "Oh, what's on the CD?" she it was like the third track, I think, and she was and already I was like, "Just play it." I need to hear that song. Aww. And I and I and I heard that song and one thing led to another. So that's like one of my favorite songs. Period. It's, it's, um, yes. But it is a number one, which we'll get there. We'll get Ooh, to number one. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where I have to cheat and number one is uh or er, two. So forgive me for that. That's that's <laughs> fine. But, I have okay. a, I have a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> I do too, but we'll when we get to that. All right, all right, all right. All right. But, that's uh, all I wanted to say. No, that's fair. I mean, this is a this is a good I want song. This we every we need these, you know. And yeah. I think Jack, I think I get it. When you're when you're doing the same thing every single year. Yep. And what do you what do they do in Halloween Town for the remaining like 364 days? Prepare for the same thing over and over again. No I, wonder uh, Jack, they've been doing this for as long as Halloween has existed. So I imagine Jack is getting a little jaded at this point. <laughs> yeah. So I I get it. He, it's interesting because he kind of just wanders off into the woods. Yeah, he but does. Th- and there's an interesting bit because Sally Sally has that moment where she just kind of she listens to his whole lament and then just goes, "Jack, I know how you feel." And I think to myself, "Does she? She's restless. Uh, she is a. Yeah. That's a, the idea. Is this is also as it gets hinted um, later on. She is a. <coughs> I mean." <clears throat> She is basically expected to be trapped there, and she's had to poison her her keeper or the guy who made her three times. Yeah, you're so, mine, so, you know. I made you so with she's not, my own hands. But that, but that's the idea. Like she's she's being said, no, stop leaving, stop running off. Um, you're my companion. Yeah. You're supposed to be my companion. Yeah, stop doing that's your what own I made thing. you for. Uh, and I, I, despite her short life, I mean, for Jack, he, it's more doing the same thing over and over every single year. And he's expected to do this. Hers is on a lower scale. It's like, I am stuck in this room and I am not allowed to do anything, but be this guy's companion. I am so bored. So different levels of restlessness. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's interesting. There's definitely something I want to bring up about Jack and Sally later, but, uh, Mm -hmm. I'll let the, I'll let things play out. So. So, uh, I like the little scene with the mayor. Oh, no, no, no. Before that, Sally goes back and we get... That, yeah, we mentioned that. Like the yeah, whole... We did that kind of already. But that's... You know, we don't have to go over everything in, like, minute detail. Yeah. But I do like the yeah, little no. details. And, again, this movie has great little little establishing shots. Like, I love when you see Dr. Finkelstein's lab and there's, like, that random desiccated hand floating in a jar. Yeah. There's a little beetle, you know, <laughs> in, like, a pair of, like, tongs, like hanging from the ceiling like it's it's neat it's just little things like that i i remember yeah um but yeah so so uh jack 
after after a fun little uh, bit where um, Jack um, plays fetch with Zero. Yeah, we yeah. get to the next. We cut to the next morning. He's and Jack wandered off into the the woods. Yeah. Um. The mayor has a thing where he goes. He goes to this is where the mayor gag gets really introduced with the whole spinning head. Thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna back it up really, <laughs> really quick. Sure. Okay. Because I need to bring this up. It's a very small bit. That's okay. So okay, this is backing up really quite a bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fine. We yeah. there's a point where Jack's kind of like sullen and he's leaving, and there's the band. That's oh yeah, playing. <laughs> yeah. And the saxophone player. Can <laughs> like, I say it? Go ahead. Okay, nice work, Bone Daddy. <laughs> it's such a great line, and the reason why I say it, <laughs> so um this this actually I connect with because. Uh, my dad loved this line. Like, he loved it so much. And actually, um, for a uh, birthday at one point, I did get him a shirt uh, that said, <laughs> that actually said Bone Daddy with Jack Skellington on it. When I found him, like, I have to get this for him. Aww. And he <laughs> he loved it and um, would wear that shirt when we went to Disneyland trips. Um, like, <laughs> and it, yeah, there would be times, that was like one of the things he would randomly say. Like, he'd be like, nice book. Bone Daddy, like he thought that line was so <laughs> hilarious. Like, um, I, and now it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why? What? Well, when you wrote um, Dead Man's Blues, yeah, and why you named the character uh, uh, for the Midnight Marinara episode, uh, Dead Man's Blues, which Kayla wrote, uh, sort of as a as a tribute. I guess a tribute. To a me. tribute to your to your dad. Yeah. Uh, the main the main sort of ghostly figure in the story is named Bone Daddy Barry. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, that was intentional because that was a joke between him and I, and I. Um, I figured that would be a good, like, a little reference to him. So, I again, I, I, that's why I had to back it up. I had to bring this up. Yeah. And um, it's, like, moments like those where I'm just like, God, I miss him. So. I, yeah, I like that. It's one of my favorite episodes of the podcast, by the way. That was oh, really thank you. good. Thank you. I oh, appreciate it. <laughs> I don't know if he ever listens to this. He probably doesn't. But I will take a moment to thank Darren DePaul for being willing to do a voice for that episode. He killed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh. man, and Darren, and it's great to see Darren, like since we recorded that and other episodes he joined us on, he, his, he's gone on to do a lot more voiceover projects that, and he's gotten fairly uh, prominent now as a, as a voiceover artist. And, uh, and I'm really proud of him. Oh, no, I, when, when he agreed to do that and then he, he and nailed it out of the park, like I, I'm very proud of him. I'm very, Chef I, I, th- I thank him Chef so kiss. much. I, I don't know if Darren listens to this, but Darren, if you do, thank you. I really thank you, Darren. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. For, I really appreciate it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. So- so yeah, so the so the no, that's good, and that's Greg Proops, right? Yes, Greg. It is Greg Proops. Yeah, Greg Proops from uh, <laughs> what a weird cast to care like voice actors for this, right? Greg yeah. Proops from uh, oh my goodness, I'm proud. Whose line is it anyway? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, back. To, we can go back to like I, I guess. Uh, should we discuss how like Jack Skellington? Runs into like, ooh, this looks like someplace new, and it's doors to all these holiday worlds. And there's that part of me that's like, hmm, I wonder what it'd be like if you th- like actually land in like Thanksgiving world or Easter world. Now, in this universe, yeah. as far as we can tell, there's only Valentine's Day, Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Easter. St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day, there's like six there was holidays. A- you know for a fact, uh, I- if he went into St. Patrick's Day world, he would come back drunk, <laughs> drunk as a well, skunk. College humor proof that actually. Oh, that's right. They did it. 
Yeah, they did a parody video of that. But um, I, I think Fourth of July was also in the background. Oh, I want to say that. It probably was. I want to say that. I remember seeing a firecracker-looking door. Maybe there's um, more doors that we just never get a chance to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just constructing an Arbor Day world just, just <laughs> off the top of the... There's a President's Day. <laughs> yeah. You ever wonder if they, if like the people of Halloween Town go, like, hey, we just had this whole big nights thing. Hey, should we go drop over and see how our friends at Dia de los Muertos Town are doing? Meanwhile, the, the cast of Coco is like, where are those guys? Yes. Exactly. Oh, I was uh, just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, yes, you are correct, uh, uh, Nick. I'm actually looking at the pictures right now. There is a firecracker door. There is a 4th of July door. Oh, there you go. Do you think there's a Chinese New Year door? I wonder if that would be if it's actually a Chinese New Year door. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile they're reading in the newspaper that Monstropolis is going through an energy crisis. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a whole big thing. It's one of those giant Pixar interconnected theory. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all good. Let's be honest. He gets more interested in this pretty door that has like bright colors and um. Good, really good shot of him reflected in the doorknob. That is such a good shot. Yeah. Oh, it's such a beautiful shot. Mm. I don't know how they hid the camera. That's the thing. It's a very good. Yeah, that's actually. But they, but they, I don't know how they did that, but yeah, there's. A, it's it's kind of like later on when uh, you see them put like uh, Jack, like Jack in the box, uh, Jacks in the in the box, and it's from the point of view inside the box. You're like, how did you do that? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. I actually really, I want to, you know, the score of this movie is really good too and tells, there's not a, a huge amount of dialogue in certain parts. And actually, I really mm-hmm. like this moment where it's the build up to him opening the door. When he looks in, all the music just stops. And as he's peering down into this crevice, you hear like, like a, like a, um, faint, a faint vibe version of what's this kind of plink along yeah. really gently. And I'm like, ah, oh, that, that gives me chills every time for some reason. By the way, what's this is a really good. Song. Right, right. So what's this? He he falls through the door, lands in Christmas Town, and we get the we get we get the exact same kind of like hyper folk hyper elaborate holiday world, but now it's Christmas, and it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. But by the way, when they redid all the songs uh, by like pop song stars and all that, or like uh, pop punk, yeah, rock stars. I think this was my yeah. favorite out of the bunch. Yeah, that was done because I think it was Fallout Boy who did this. Oh, song. interesting. Okay, you are talking. You are talking about the Fallout Boy one. Okay. Yeah, I think that was my favorite <laughs> out of that sound. No, you know what? No, 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 wrong. Uh, it's gonna be Sally Song by Fiona Apple. I think is my favorite. One, she does a very good version of that. Anyway, yeah. back back to this. But yeah, this, yeah, but yeah. I really back did like this song. Uh, I really did like that version yeah. of that song. So 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 this is one of the one of the two songs that's in my number one, and it's because I think that this song is a brilliant way to kind of encompass just discovery in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we all we all have had that moment, not just with Christmas, but like with anything we've all had that moment where it was like uh, oh my gosh what is this thing i want to know more about it you know look how great it is that would like it could be like our first trip to an amusement park it could be our first trip to i don't know some touristy destination with our family or i something definitely like had that. i definitely had this song in the back of my head when i first saw the haunted mansion holiday i'm like what 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 <laughs> what's <laughs> yeah. this what's this there's nightmare yeah. everywhere. everywhere what's this it's getting everywhere what's this <laughs> Uh, one, of my, one of my old bosses actually, whenever uh, she would like go through my, I would explain like a project to her, and she'd be like, "What's this?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's a, a, a. 
well, what's this? And I'm like, and <laughs> in the back of my brain, I'm like, oh, it's taking every part of my brain not to go, what's this? What's this? It's <laughs> at, something very at, wrong. <laughs> at work, um, people just scream at me, hey, Jack, what's this? <laughs> and I would just go, and I would, and I would just say, what? That's a hat, silly. You know, like, just like that. I don't know. But anyway, <clears throat> let's talk about, now that we've talked about, how Halloween Town looks. Let's talk about how Christmas Town looks in comparison. Okay. Because with Halloween Town, you got all this German expressionism going on. You got yes. all these sharp angles, all these um, – everything just looks sharp. Oh, trust me. They watch That's so the much uh, – th- they probably rewatch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari a little too often <laughs> for, to oh, get yeah. the, that feel. Uh, yeah. With Christmas Town, um, I think what <sighs> – okay, so – this is, I think this is just Christmas in general, but what makes Christmas work is that you, it does have the winter feel. So when you have snow and col- like white and then color on top of it, it does look more beautiful. It does, it really makes it pop. And I yeah. think that works here. Like, yeah. the background is basically snow, it's pure white crystal snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just, pops of color it's also unblemished snow like when you yeah. see jack leaf yeah footprints. exactly so yeah. and then you add that pop like all the color and on top of it it just pops even more and I- that's why yeah. it works because i don't want to say it's like oh they came up with that idea it's like well that's just christmas in general though that's a christmas to me that's a christmas yeah. to me. and henry Selick also said this too but what i like about it is that how everything was sharp looking in Halloween Town. Everything is curved here in Christmas Town. It yeah. almost like a, like a like a Dr. Seuss kind of deal. I was about to, uh, you uh, know you started saying I really that. Liked. I immediately thought, no wonder I get Whoville vibes from this place. Yeah, exactly. Because it's in the it's in the base of a, of a mountain range. All the colors are popping. There's snow everywhere. Everything like Christmas is celebrated there practically every day. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's uh, you, you definitely get Grinch parallels all throughout this movie. Oh, yeah. We've mentioned this in the past, um, but one of the basics of animation is if you want something to feel um, more fun or more lighthearted, you round it out. You you add curves, yeah. you round it out. And w- if you want something to be more villainous or sinister, you add curves. And which makes sense why they would do that with Halloween Town versus yeah. christmas so it's like they're be it's actually using basics and animation to create this uh to create two different worlds which is a very mm-hmm. smart thing to do mm-hmm. yeah um i i little little things i noticed this time around is I, I like the constant sort of presence of the northern lights in the distance yeah that's, oh yeah that was lovely oh yeah There's a little aurora borealis so thing going on um so beautiful watching jack spider his way through everything is a, is a ton of fun he, it's interesting because he stands out throughout in, uh, in this world because he is a very curvy, with the exception of his head. But. Well, yeah, well, he's he's all yeah. he's all like points and angles a lot, like I, especially his uh-huh. long spindly limbs. And I think about that whenever he like launches himself along rooftops or like when he creeps up on some of the elves in bed. And I'm like, can you imagine how genuinely <laughs> horrifying it would be if this tall this this tall thin figure just came spidering into your room well imagine- and actually 
that point, I'm sorry, Kayla, but that point specifically uh, that David just said when he was like, no, we just hear the scream and scare the Mormon snap when, when his shadow's on the wall. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. that well, is some that is really scary. Well, another thing, too, is like these are all elf children and elves who only have experienced Christmas and probably have never known fear in their life. So it's like, <laughs> could you imagine? It's like, they see this thing like, I'm confused. What am I feeling right now? This you, is awful. Would they be scared or would they just be like, confu- yeah, would they be scared or would they be confused if they actually saw Jack? Yeah, I know. Because no one you sees think- Jack. Do you think that one scare that the elf got as soon as he was like, what's this? And he went away and the elf was like, oh, do you think maybe like that? That's what broke him or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> how do how do I feel right now? During I don't the workshop know. later, everybody's doing their thing and he's just standing there kind of looking at the toys, just, hollow eyed. Just, just go. <laughs> Bob, Bob, are you OK, Bob? Nervo, nervo, nervo. Nervo, someone, someone, get, can, can we help Nervo, please? He's been staring, he's been staring at the Jack in the Box too long. I don't, I don't know where it would go. Oh, it's so good. Um, but, um, yeah, so pretty much Jack just gushes about how, how much he loves this, dis- loves this discovery. Like, my favorite line is at the very end where he's like, I've got to know, what is this place that I have found? What is this? Yeah. And no, and specifically, crying. it says, what is this? Oh, yeah. Smacks well, into the pole. Such good beats. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, this it, I gotta get. I gotta hand it to the movie. Not often you get the same character getting two different "I want" songs. I know <laughs> exactly. There's it's funny because the first song is "I don't know what I want, but I know I'm wanting." Here it's like "I want that." Yeah, well, it's completely <laughs> the opposite of what he wants, or not what he wants. The completely opposite of what he's used to. Like that's the whole idea. Christmas is basically a. Almost a polar opposite of Halloween, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Uh, but then he brings it all back, and the people who have been panicking, like the town is like, oh my gosh, where's Jack? Ah, ah, ah. Uh, Sorry. I, <laughs> let me scream into the mic. The pumpkin patch. <laughs> <laughs> There's only 365 days left till next Halloween. 364. <laughs> there um. it is. Yeah. Sally gets out again because I actually like this bit where she you see her once again. Oh yeah, she well uh he comes in because Jack finally comes back and he's like, We need a town meeting like right this second. And yeah. uh yeah. Sally, her way of escaping is we actually get to see her poison the soup. Like this is yeah. we we actually do witness this. What like, do you think frog's breath tastes like? Bitter? Uh, well, she even says it's bitter. Bitter <laughs> say it was yeah um i don't know i would probably say it would taste like <sighs> coffee like a like a, like a scented candle you kept around too long oh interesting if that makes sense now i get that i'm gonna go because it's a it's a it overpowers any odor and it is a bitter taste i'm going with coffee ew uh so 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 we get to the town meeting and that's when we see all the that's when we start to notice all the little characters right. and details and right mm. the, the two characters that only show up in this scene are the the random the random hag with the apple and the grim reaper which is awesome yeah. i'm like i didn't know the grim reaper was in this that's cool to see him here mm-hmm. i also love that the grim reaper like is under the order of the pumpkin king i think that's kind of <laughs> cool yeah <laughs> You know what? I, I, I like that the that... Grim Reaper has been working, and he's like, "Wait, 
town meeting? Okay. <laughs> what is like, Christmas? People have stopped dying <laughs> for the next, like, hour because Grim Reaper has to go to a town meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, he was the the ghost of Christmas yet to come. So what if in the back of his head he was probably like, you know, I could have told you this this whole time, but okay, you're that, the king, whatever. <laughs> that brings up a very interesting point. I want to, I want to put a big pin in that because I want to talk about – the weird connection between Halloween and Christmas that Jack even notices. Okay. Get glossed over. But anyway, uh, okay. we get the, the, we get the fourth song already. Yeah. Where he talks about yes. Christmas and none of the townspeople get it because all they've ever known is how to scare people. Yeah. And they're like, I, I, I Do like they a bite. Do they snap? This song's okay. It's a bat. It's a rat. <laughs> Perhaps it's the head that I found in the lake. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this song is okay. I, I, it's it's more a spectacle song than anything. The logic of Halloween Town is great, though. I like how when in order for the the mayor to get the light going, he flicks it on, and a swamp, a flock of bats like breaks away yeah. from it and stuff yeah. like that. Just little little things, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It's all the little details, and then then. I think the best part, I mean, he basically explains what Sandy Claus is, and... Uh, <laughs> he has to spin it in a way that they'll understand it. Yeah. It's well, like you, might as well get it, what this, they want. This really is a, yeah. you had to have been there. Yeah. You should, well, yeah. you would only, you get it if you'd been there. Um, mm -hmm. But then, uh, I think the lyric, and this is something that actually resonated with you, because you you're able to explain this really well while watching this, David, because um, there's a point where he says... Um, they just don't understand that special kind of feeling when I, in, in, in Christmas, Christmas land. land. Oh, well. No. And then he spends the next like five to 10 minutes of the movie trying to figure, understand Christmas and why he gives him this feeling and he doesn't know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. Kind of the opposite of elves trying to figure out why am I suddenly scared? Why is, why is Bob the elf suddenly feeling like having nightmares? He doesn't understand it. In this case, it's Jack's feeling like, why do I feel this? What is this feeling? I can't explain why Christmas gives me this feeling. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, yeah. You mentioned, uh, like that, um, you feel joy for, uh, both holidays when they yeah. come up, um, but they're, they're different. They're but. polar opposites of each other. I was established, right? But, but when you think about it, both, both holidays are still eer eerily similar because they both evoke a certain kind of joy mm -hmm. in people. Um, they're different kinds of joy, but they're joy nonetheless. So it's not surprising that Jack would gravitate toward Halloween. It's or not Halloween from Halloween to Christmas because it's that same kind of level of spectacle. It's got that level of like uh, immersion, um, the celebratory factor of it, but. It's such a different feeling. A Halloween tingle for me feels very different than a Christmas tingle, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So well, Jack, even... Jack's experiencing the Christmas tingle for the first time, and he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to, what to do with it. Yeah. Um, well, one of, well, it goes back to um, the original poem, because his main question well, was, like... you know, uh, why is it that these guys get to spread, like, uh, fun and cheer and goodwill while we are the ones that get to scare the pants off of everybody. Like that's what our thing is, uh -huh. but I'm bored of that and I want to do what they're doing, but how do I do it? You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Now, um, while he is in here, Caleb pointed this out to me and then I remembered, um, this is what here, I'm going to take that pin and pull it out now. Clink. Okay. Uh, Jack is reading uh, somewhere in among his, his roster of books is a Christmas carol. Oh my god! 
I forgot about <laughs> So Jack at least must have some understanding that there were some dark and spooky traditions associated with Christmas, right? I don't know if he made it to that chapter, though. But yeah. he, he he read those Christmas books so many times. He knows the stories and he knows the rhymes. Oh, so I imagine you know what? Read- that's. That's another good point. <laughs> he probably read it and went, oh, maybe they're not so different. Look, there's ghosts here. But why are they, why is it part of this? Like, he probably was confused by Christmas in general, and that's why he ends up doing a bunch of experiments on, like, these different things, which actually gets kind of, gets some cute moments, like the fact he's like, ooh, I'll try to create a snowflake, ends up creating a spider. That's one of my favorite things. I mean, I have a lot of favorite moments in the movie there's a lot of good if not the if not the whole movie itself but that's one of my favorite little split second scenes (laughs) when he's making the snowflake and it just turns into a spider yeah he's like what what have i done but by the way uh uh there's a there's a really good quiet romantic moments between sally and him just by how like sally uh well sally's been caught poisoning her creator so she's locked again so she escapes so she can give uh, Jack, who's been stuck in his tower for a while doing experiments, like uh, a bottle of something or another. It's a scare package. It's a scare package. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a scare package. Um. Um. I do realize again. Um. The thing I want to mention with Sally is that their in- their 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 relationship is interesting because it seems like Sa- uh, Jack barely knows Sally exists for a lot of the movie. And she's just kind of pining from afar. Yeah, I think she he mm-hmm. notices her, but then he's too distracted with everything else. Right, to... but he the the first time he even acknowledges her existence is a, actually a little ways later into the movie when he's getting all the citizens of town together. No, to help he with this like he's because she gets him a scare package and he. Oh no no you're right that's the first acknowledgement. Yeah he gave right there. Yeah he, he gave, gave her, her a little wave. wave and then when he opens it she uh, opens the bottle there's like a butterfly. Um, <laughs> Uh, thing that comes out and he's like aww and he looks to see her but she's gone already. I actually yeah. really like the scene where she escapes the tower to go give him this thing where I she think- throws herself out the window but then stitches herself back together. I know I realized for the first time that she's actually been stuffed with uh, autumn leaves. Yes. Yeah. That's a cute detail. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the interesting things too is like the way he waves at her at all like that it shows a sense of familiarity I feel like they noticed each other in passing, but due to their circumstances, they really haven't had a chance to really connect. For him, like, yeah. I mean, he's he's obsessed with basically trying to get to Halloween set up, and he's grown bored and weary. I think he kind of notices, and she's like, oh, that's a very pretty girl, but then gets swept up with something else where with Mm -hmm. her she really does notice him like she has the time to know some but because of her situation she can't fully right i mean keep in mind a lot of people in town admire jack so it's not like she's unique in that effect but i think she she goes she (laughs) wants to she's not as as enamored by the spectacle like she like i think I, i think i appreciate that she goes out of her way to give him just this little this little um Keeps the series of keepsakes that she made because she knows he's working hard experimenting on something with the Christmas thing. Although the strange thing, she has visions. I that's something that can't be one of the few things I can't understand why she would have visions. Like why? Well, she has the one vision. She does, but that's like yeah. It's still like ha. But she she acknowledges like this is something that she naturally has. Like she's like I had a vision and it's a bad one. Like it's mm-hmm. not like she's shocked by it or any. Well, I mean. 
she's shocked by what the image shows her, but it, she's not shocked by the fact she's had a vision. So <laughs> it's something, it, clearly it's something that she's used to. So mm-hmm. I I don't know why this is a woman who has visions, but she could be, she could be part witch. It's Maybe. possible. It's possible I mean, I know it isn't, I know it isn't explained, but it's, it's not. I've seen like, it's simple enough. That's the thing. It's, it's so simple that, uh, and the whole thing feels already, um, very fantastical as it is. So this doesn't have to be a huge explanation for it. I think it's, I, I, I never saw it as her having frequently having visits because she seems supply surprised when she's plucking the, the petals and all of a sudden it turns into a Christmas tree in her hand and she's like, Oh, she seems a little, a little surprised by it. Yeah. And then to the point where she actually stays by his she falls asleep by his gate over the night yeah because she actually does become worried for mm, him yeah that <coughs> uh song number five yeah something's up with jack yes. something's up with jack hope um, he hasn't died <laughs> i do like the little detail of as the sun comes up the vampires like shield themselves and and yeah. leave there's some yeah. good there there's a lot of good simple moments like that yeah but like um this is the part where he realizes well all, I can do it. This is there's not much to it. I will take control of Christmas, and then it gets more a little more manic. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about this song. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right. Go for it, David. I like it. <laughs> you like it? Yeah. I actually like how this is him agonizing over. He's like, he's, like, he's so close. He's so close to getting getting to the heart of the matter, but the, it's still eluding him. And I and I like when we get to see him kind of zooming around his his place and we see how he's decorated it's it's fun stuff like that i don't think it's a oh again all, i like all of the songs in this movie yeah so this yeah. is like no exception but i enjoy when he has the revelation and i think the important thing is you know i think this christmas thing is not as tricky as it seems and why should they have all, all the fun it should belong to anyone not anyone yeah. in fact but me i can make a christmas tree again it's and there's certain- no reason i could find i couldn't have a christmas time i, bet I couldn't prove it to and that's exactly what i'll do <laughs> <laughs> that was good oh my god <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> actually that was a point of the song that i wanted to bring up was um was that like uh, through most of the song, it's most of him just thinking out loud, like just trying to figure out what is it that makes this thing so cool? Like, what is it? And then he realizes, hey, the answer is right there in front of me. I should have known this all along, you know, and it's like, oh, OK, Jack's realized it. OK, he's cool. I could do it myself. And then you're like, wait, wait, wait hold on. What, what did that's you a, just that's say? That's an yeah. revelation to come to. His revelation is like, yeah. I don't have to unlock the secret of christmas i could just do my own yeah that way i'll unlock it and i'll get everyone involved and we'll do our own christmas and everything will be great and spooky and wonderful and you're like okay no maybe you should dial it back no 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 this is gonna be cool i i, I guarantee it everybody we're doing christmas ourselves and then you know no, not just not just their own christmas it's we are taking complete control of Christmas. Like, whoa, whoa. Okay, dial exactly. it back. Yeah. Well, he, he, yeah. it, does, it does sound a little <laughs> sinister by the end of the song when he's like, this year Christmas will be ours. But um, you don't realize how far he's going to go until he tells the trick-or-treaters that they need to go and get a kidnap Sandy Claus. By the way, we have Danny Elfman as Beryl. We have um, Shock, played by Catherine O'Hara. Locke. Is played by Paul Rubens, aka Pee Wee Herman. What a cast! <laughs> and, 
And just, it's the fact that it's those three people singing um, Kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus. Just wow. What a, right? <laughs> that's a great song, too. I don't want to ignore the yeah. the lineup bit, though, where uh, this is actually one of, one of the first bits where... Oh, no, 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 no. Sally hasn't even gotten to them yet. This is the first lineup yeah, no. bit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Sally's probably heard of the first She's part line. of the line, but... Is she after the trick-or-treaters? Uh, first, he's she's talking to the vampires. After... Yes. She Yeah, she comes after this song. Okay. But basically, so... she's trying to let him know, like, there's a... Something bad is happening. This is the first time they they properly interact, though. Like they actually have a conversation. Yes, and he calls her by name. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, he, so he is familiar with her, and yeah. then uh, wants her to make the uh, Sandy Claus outfit because she can sew really well. Because mm-hmm. and he is uh, sorry. Well, she is a doll. Sorry, so. go ahead. I was just because yeah. she is a doll. I was just going to make that small quick. <laughs> okay, just so wanted to say like how cool it is that Jack gets to assign different ideologies and images of Christmas based on everybody's quote unquote talents. Mm -hmm. So he asks Dr. Finkelstein to make some reindeer or he asks Sally to make him the Sandy Claus suit or um, he assigns doing carols to the band, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the guy with the ax in his head, he's the one that's like this, this device is called a nutcracker. And, you know, <laughs> oh, I didn't like think that about kind of that. That's right. Oh, I didn't think that's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> so you know, like that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> that's a great humor here. I love it. Yeah. Um, kid at the Sandy <laughs> Claus. Song number six. Uh, <laughs> what what great characters the trick or treaters are? Just and also, yeah. uh, they're Oogie's boys. Too. That's the. I mean, that's their real name. It's not the trick or treaters. They're Oogie's boys, yeah. and yeah. Uh, they're gonna do some horrible stuff. Like that's a, this is a true uh, one of. I, there's two villain songs, and this is a good villain song. Yeah, really good villain song. Yeah. So, so what's their exact relationship with Oogie Boogie? He's clearly their their real boss. Yeah, um, and they live in on in like the treehouse above Oogie's like dungeon casino thing outside <laughs> yeah. of town. I feel like he like. Okay, so from what I gather about the trick or treaters, um, or Oogie's boys, whatever, they I'm gonna refer to them as the trick or treaters. Yeah, but because that's what they are. They are legitimate trick or treaters, but they're like the type of trick or treaters that are like mischief night trick or treaters. They represent that part of Halloween. Yeah. And I, I can imagine like as most people remember about Halloween, mischief night is like Everybody hates it. <laughs> These are the kids that will leave a, a flaming bag of dog poop on your yeah on your porch. And they'll egg your house. And everybody and they'll have TP your lawn. They'll have no repercussions. And let's, and let's, on your let's be honest. People are annoyed by that. Like no, I don't care who you are. It's like oh, it's those guys. So they're they'll do anything just to just for like a like pranks for a giggle, and it's kind of annoying. So well, that explains why they get along with Oogie. Yeah, Oogie, and, Oogie, Oogie and also. It also explains, like, even how some people in Halloween Town, if not most of them, are like, "Oh, it's these guys," you know. Yeah. These. Well, they said Mr. So the- Boogie Boogie is the meanest guy around. Yeah. If I was on his, uh, probably he probably said, "You do what I say, or I will eat you." And they're like, "Ha, yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. I guess that's their relationship. <laughs> There's another kind of established history that we don't know super well where Jack makes it clear he doesn't want Oogie involved in any capacity. And they cross yeah. her fingers behind her back, which means, ha, yeah, sure. We yeah. Know. So we don't know what Oogie did, but it's clear from his actions Oogie is, a, is 
yeah, and from the song, Oogie is Oogie is a mean spirited person. I don't think anybody else in Halloween Town likes him either. Mm-hmm. Uh, remind me when we get to his song because I actually. This was something that actually came up at work recently as of this recording, and I want to save it until we really get to see Oogie Boogie. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. So, so, remind, so remind me about that when we get there. All right. Kidnap the Sandy Claws, though. Good, good song. Yeah. You really That's a fun song. It's also, a good mystery song. Also, I love yeah. when uh, kids play villains. Like It's like, oh. It, it's fun, even, right? It, and also, it's not expected, yeah. too. They're a, you don't expect them to be like, yeah. vindictive, and they totally are. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but then they come back, uh, well, they don't, they come back really quickly. They're in, like, the next scene. They, like, they go out into the woods in the bathtub. They have a walking bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, what a great form of transportation. I'm mean, like, yeah, I would walk around in a bathtub if I could, like, onward, ho, at bathtub. Funny way to get to the office, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's good. Hey. hey, at least the traffic's not bad around here. <laughs> yeah. Um, jeez. <laughs> but uh, they they really do come back in the next scene with right, uh, like the, the right Easter after bunny. the song with the Easter Bunny, Bunny, yeah. which is also really cool to see like another big holiday mascot in this movie. Yeah, so you get two and one glimpse of another holiday, <laughs> yeah. which I really like. And cool. um, yeah, and uh, yeah, like Kayla just said that the guy with the Nutcracker is just Bunny. <laughs> no that part makes me and laugh I, every time as does the part where the the trick-or-treater is like i told you they start fighting and jack pulls that scary face and they all go <gasps> oh yeah and then immediately afterwards he's like oh i'm terribly sorry for the inconvenience you know he goes back to his gentlemanly like yeah stature after he was like yeah oh i'm terribly sorry about what just happened <laughs> so so here's here's a question i want to pose as a, as part okay. of this movie's logic, as far as we know, Halloween Town doesn't really know the other holidays exist, right? Uh, not, not that we not know. Really them, gather, right? yeah, they, I don't think they do because they didn't know about Christmas until Jack brought it back with them. And even like the yeah. trick or treaters were like, "It is it? Who is it?" Like they didn't know who yeah. Santa Claus looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but so, is that only true of Halloween Town? Because it seems like, well, okay, I'll I'll bring this I'll bring this up again later. Put a pin in that one. Okay. All right, we're putting a pin in it. There it, pen. Pen. there it is. There it is. There it is. The advent calendar. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it, oh, there's only one door left to open, as it is December twenty fourth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, where are? Oh yeah. So now we get making Christmas, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 We do. Making Christmas. Good montage no. song. That is a good. This song. song. Really, this song is also really fun because. You know, fast forwarding through, I want to say, I forgot what the, technically what the date was on their clock in town hall, but pretty much like, fr- it's like fast forwarding. five days till Christmas or something? Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, so fast forwarding like a whole month really of their preparation for it. And we get two different distinct um, ideas of Christmas. There's the obvious Christmas town idea. And then there's the Halloween Town idea. Now, this is a good debate that a lot of people have talked about since the day this movie came out, and a lot of people talk about that I witness over their tables at Beetle House. Which Christmas was better? <laughs> and, and just because I'm there more often than not, they say, "Oh, the Halloween Christmas was much cooler." Um, but I really like them both equally for their different reasons. I love mm-hmm. how 
And I love the order of them in the song. You get the stark contrast. Where, here's a good example. Um, how like uh, you see the elves putting tiny little toys in little stockings on a conveyor belt and then cut to one of the guys in Halloween town stuffing like these spooky looking toys inside a giant live snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kayla, Kayla pointed out while we were watching it just how good the, the transitions are in this scene as yeah. we cut back and forth between the two places. It, it's a really good parallel between what they're doing, uh, what Halloween Town is doing versus what Christmas Town is doing. Like, that's a good, and then using like the transitions. Like, for example, you, you have um, Dr. Finkelstein like wiping his uh, new wife's new uh, companion's head, and then that leads to, that switches to um, the elves. Uh, buffing out uh, Santa's sleigh and wiping that out. <laughs> and my other favorite is when uh, there are when the elves are putting the presents into the sleigh in the in the in the famous sack that Santa uses, mm-hmm. and then it transitions to Halloween Town putting the presents in a coffin. Yeah, so, which is really clever, you know, like that kind of stuff. It's a these are so is, I actually really really like this scene. Yeah, I like, I like the transitions. I like the. The, how the story is, is told. Like how we occasionally see, well, at one point we see Sally kind of just like glumly working on the Santa suit, knowing that everything's going to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and of course I like how it ends with the skeleton reindeer showing up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jack being so delighted to finally see them. <laughs> this is why I love Jack. He's just so happy that all of this is happening because his dreams are coming true. Right. The whole oh. town is so good to him. They came out. They really came together <laughs> to really help him see his Christmas dream through. What a yeah. good, what a good community Halloween Town is. It, well, it really is. is. <laughs> he is their king, but yeah, that's well. They they strike me as a very tight knit community anyway. That's true. All like, the yeah. community events they turn out for, and they all yeah. support each other. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this uh, by by the way, I think it's it's somewhere after the song that we actually see. Uh, uh, the the trick or treaters kidnapped Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, the actual yeah. Santa Claus. It took them a while to get to get because unlike the very next day where they got the Easter Bunny, it took them way longer to get Santa oh, Claus. Yeah, it's like. Oh, uh, do you know what I wish was in the movie? Oh, you know what? What? I rarely say this about the movie. Oh, how I wish this was in there. Uh-huh. But I would have loved how like if they extended making Christmas, how like. Lock, Shock, and Barrel would show up, and every single time it was a different mascot from another holiday. Oh, <laughs> and Jack's, that would have been like, funny. Would, and then just like see Jack all... shaking his head and rubbing his eyes and all that. <laughs> yeah. You would add like a leprechaun or a or a, or like a Uncle Sam, and Jack being like, "No, no." Add that, add that a, tur- to a, a big turkey. It's and it's all in montage. A big turkey. Yeah. <laughs> that could be, a, that would have been a fun part of the montage, but yeah. Out. Um, but imagine a, a confused giant turkey running around Halloween Town. That would have been so funny. Imagine the imagine the guy with the hatchet chasing it. <laughs> God, turkey. <laughs> but by the Let's way, God. By the way, uh, going back, like when we actually do see Santa Claus um, uh, pop out of uh, the trick or treaters bag. What's really cool, by the way, there's candy stuck to his like beard and stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, of course their bags would be have candy in it. That's a good like. Uh, they they shove him in a trick or treat sack. Yeah, that's a, I, I that was a good little details. I also like the fact too that um, uh, when Santa Claus starts to see everything, he's like, where am I? A great. 
shot <laughs> as well. Uh, but they're basically saying, this year, you're taking it easy. He's like, but why? I, also, I wasn't notified about this. Yeah. Um, I, did not, I did not agree to this. Yeah. And then uh, then he gets I, taken I, to I, Oogie Boogie. Yeah. Can we talk about Oogie Boogie now, please? Yes, yes, we can. Yeah, Because yeah. okay. we basically made it there. We this, did. This villain was like yeah. my favorite Disney villain for a very long time until very, until like ten years ago. Which once we get to that, I can get into. Yeah. But, uh, but um, Oogie Boogie is such a cool villain with such a great song and ken page who voices him knocks out of park and uh if, for those who don't know ken page he was also uh the only other thing that i know him from is he did the singing voice of the alligator from uh all dogs go to heaven yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at your face right now. Are you now, kidding? Too. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, you. no, that is Ken Page, dude. Yeah, that that's the oh. "Let's Make Music Together." Let's make sweet harmony. Yeah, okay, that's him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That tracks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. And, and now he's playing basically a Cab Calloway. Yeah, you 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 looked this up. You said that uh, actually a big inspiration for Oogie Boogie was actually the Betty Boop cartoon, The Old Man of the yeah, Mountain. Yeah, especially the way he moves yeah. and all that. Yeah, um, there I, was I, even part that was cut from the song where it looks like one of those rotoscope cartoons that Oogie does. Oh, really? He does like the like the rotoscope dance. Yes, with the yeah, cab dance. But they cut they 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 cut it out. But it's it was like part of the. Uh, bonus features. You can find it on YouTube somewhere. Oh okay, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll look it up because I would love to see that. I I, I like I love when they throw that kind of stuff in because I I love that stuff in those old Fleischer cartoons, those Betty Boop cartoons. Oh, yeah. For I, I mean, we uh, if anyone's uh who listening seen Over the Garden Wall, yes, you know I love the scene. Oh, with the highwayman. I love it so much. I love Over the Garden Wall. The, the Highwayman scene is so great because they intentionally animated that to look like a Cab Calloway dance. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. So anyway, yeah. So this this is great. What a good villain song, and yeah, uh, I have nothing I, but good things way, to say this, about this, this movie. Okay. I swear. I have two songs that are like at my, <laughs> that are my favorite. Uh, this is one of them. This, this is, is way up there for me too. Oh, I love this song. So this is a really much. good villain song. I love this song so much, and I love Oogie as a villain. Like I love the fact he's a gambler. I love the fact that it, I, I just like the, that there's no reason the boogeyman needs to have a casino aesthetic, but they give him a casino <laughs> aesthetic, and I'm no, like, okay, it's, it's cool. cool. I like it's it. cool. I like it. There doesn't have to be By a the reason. Way, it's just let, cool. Let's, yeah. let's, you gotta keep reminding yourself. There, this is a stop motion film, and they're using like this type of lighting and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. How? What the? Like, this is insane. It's a little yeah. detail, but you know what I like? What? Earlier, what? we only saw Oogie's shadow, but for some reason, his eyes and mouth don't cast a shadow. Yeah. But when we first see Oogie, he's framed against the light from above where Santa Claus fell through. And the light from above is coming through his eyes and his mouth. It, it, they yeah. give that impression him, that that's hollow, and I like that. They do make him very eerie at certain points. It's like, it's kind of... And it's definitely foreshadowed too that you, I mean, you, it's not like you wouldn't, it's, it's surprising when this happens, but that he's a, uh, he's a bag, he's just a bag stuffed with bugs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You get, you start to get that pretty early in the song. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we got, I, 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 again, I like how just like, just calmly obstinate Santa is. He's just like, sir, release me faster. You will have to answer for this heinous act. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> a good Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want to mention something that you just learned, uh, Nick? About? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this is a this is a little bit of a work story more than anything. Okay, that's fine. Um, but see, I've been working there for a year and four months, and basically, people would ask me about Oogie Boogie, mm-hmm. and the thing is that the gist is that I'm being Jack after the movie happened. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh well, we don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> You know, and that would have been the end of it. But then I realized, you know, I've been saying that for months and months and months. I need to come up with something new. Yep. And I like late recently, this past weekend, late one night, I finally came up with something. So I kind of created like a little backstory oh. as to why things are the way they are in the film. So this is just me. But okay. Um. So. Oogie Boogie had did his part, uh, had done his part on Halloween every year, mm-hmm. where he was the shadow of the moon at night, filling your dreams to the brim with fright. And he was, because of that, the people of the real world would just take his his uh, his last name Boogie, and they would just call him the Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why he's banished though was that he was a nice guy, but he didn't know when to stop. So mm-hmm. that's why. There would be a rec- there would be recurring nightmares all the time throughout the rest of the year, oh. or people would suffer infestations in their homes. Whole towns would probably, and with every with every with a bigger amount of bugs that get into his that get into his body, the bigger his ego became, oh. and it just became overwhelming. So when Jack became Pumpkin King, he finally said, look, we got to, I hate to do this, but we got to banish this guy. I mean, he's making Halloween look bad, you know? And so actually I even tied it to the, um, this is how geeky I am with this movie (laughs) with, um, that, uh, what was that Game Boy game? What what was it called? There's a lot of games. What's that? Was there an, there was an Oogie's revenge game, but I don't think it was a game. Boy. Yeah, that came, that came later, but, uh, there was one where, Oogie Boogie wanted to turn Halloween into International Bug Day. Oh. And so the enemies you would see would be all these bugs. So I even put that into the into the thing where it was like, he even wanted to make it Bug Day. I mean, that's just silly. I mean, you get Halloween, you get to dress up and get candy and have all this fun. And then there's just Bug Day. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that just every day anyway? I mean, people deal with bugs all of the time. I just don't see it. He had to go. I'm sorry. Well, I'll tell you what. That really bugs me. <laughs> I'm I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sorry. You shouldn't be because that was a really good cherry on top of my whole st- of my whole tangent there. Well, thank you. And that, you know that's a fun that's a fun kind of headcanon to accept there. Yeah. I, I like that because again, there's some implied past animosity between these two, but yeah. um, nothing explicit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would like to see that officially covered someday, but for now, that was just what I came up with. It, it, it passes. Yeah, it passes. exactly. Exactly. All right. So there was that tangent. So. No, that's good. Um, So back to the film. Yes. This leads into. Sally tries to stop him one last time, even though she's tried to talk to him, say, this is not a good idea, Jack. You shouldn't do this. And he's like. The scene where he breaks the thing over is like, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The picture. Kent, let's talk about that for a split second. Because I think 
timing wise it's actually it's both heartbreaking but also kind of comical at the same time so so sally is sewing the suit on jack as he's looking in the mirror and she's trying to explain i'm not i still don't think this is right i really don't know and jack's like oh of course it is don't be silly i feel so great she takes the picture back and she's like but you're the pumpkin king and jack just grabs is like not anymore (laughs) and just breaks it over his knee it's such a good (laughs) i hated who i was before i love who i am now Forget this! I am <laughs> Santa now! <laughs> I have reinvented myself. I don't look back at the past. But she gives him, <laughs> she tries one last time by putting fog juice into the water, and it's actually kind of sad when it's like it's so foggy. It's like, we have to cancel Christmas, and all the tan- the little kids like, there goes Christmas. It's like, oh, I don't know wow, how he cries. I don't know how he's able to cry with his eyes sound shut, but okay. Oh but then, well, uh, I mean, you had your eyes sewn shut for a long period of time. Good probably. point. Good point. But even even the like, um, I mean, you see a, a few tears, and even the goop, the, the the melting guy cries somehow. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about but that. But then, luckily, uh, zero the red the red nosed dog, his nose lights up. And I, I, his his nose is a little jack o' lantern. Yeah, the orange yeah. nose ring. Uh, sorry, ru- uh, how I'm trying to reword this. Zero, the orange nose dog ghost. There you go. Zero, the ghost <laughs> dog. Down down in. Very He'll shiny pumpkin <laughs> nose. I actually wrote a parody about that that I'll be releasing soon. Oh, oh I, look, I look forward to that. But he goes. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he goes. He goes deliver gifts to all the children, and <laughs> there's some good hilarious bits here where he goes into boring Burbank. I mean, no. <laughs> it does look a lot like Burbank. <laughs> it does, and I think that was intentional because Tim Burton. Except grew there's up snow in Burbank. in Burbank, so it can't oh, be Burbank. So it, it, it's bo- it looks like Burbank if Burbank had snow. Yeah. It is a boring, it's basically born suburbia. <laughs> it's not Burbank, it's Burbank. It's suburbank, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I really like is that also to get back to the set design of everything. To recap, you got Halloween Town that's all spooky and sharp looking, and then you got Christmas Town that's all Seuss like and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then you got the real world, which is just, yeah, yeah like suburbia. Like this is this is this is Tim's they, mo. Yeah, they use kind of yeah, beiges yeah. and uh, they use a lot of beiges in the or like the colors are all muted in the yes. real world. Uh, yeah. When you see the normal world, it's boring. That's usually how it looks in a lot of Tim Burton movies. That's the, yeah. that's usually the case. But anyway, uh, he but yeah, he's delivering gifts and uh, those gifts are kind of scary. Actually, I still find it funny, like the where the parents come down. They're like, "So, what did Santa give you, sweetie?" And he just oh, looks yeah. so confused, <laughs> not well, scared. Shrunken head with a shrunken head. He just looks at it so, more confused, and you think, "Like, yeah, he gave me a shrunken head. I don't know why." <laughs> I really love this scene with the interaction with Jack and the kid because it's like the kid hears the thought on the roof, and he's like, "Santa is here! Oh my god!" So. He's he's so excited. He's like gliding down the stairs like an airplane. He's ready to like gush all to the to Santa Claus finally. Uh-huh. And then he goes downstairs. He sees this, and he's like, "Wait, what? 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 What?" He's like completely speechless because, well, because like a skeleton is right there, and he's dressed up like Santa Claus, and he doesn't know how to react to any of that. Yeah, he, he... and what he. And, 
that what he gets in return is a shrunken head on Christmas. He doesn't seem that perturbed by it, though, because, again, he was expecting Santa. He got Santa, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, a fun detail I pointed out to Kayla that's a thing that we don't see a lot anymore is when, when he when he releases the um the snake into that one house and there's that color wheel in the background yeah i used to have one of those as a kid oh really yeah my family did oh that's cool thing yeah so it was like a bit of a nostalgia trip okay uh, another question favorite uh spooky toy or gift that that jack puts out uh i have i have so many favorites (laughs) Somebody I, go first. I have to think I think about I like that, that jack-o'-lantern that's like... <laughs> that is a good one. Um, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> it is funny, just this kid screaming as the snake is just eating the Christmas <laughs> That part makes me laugh every time. Because oh, he's... <laughs> All right. Um, my favorite actually goes into a bit of an Easter egg of this movie that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um. So my favorite toy is actually the vampire teddy bear. That one is mine. Oh, good um, choice. And and the thing is that like the common conception that people get is that it kind of looks like an evil Mickey Mouse. So what's cool is that the kids that get that and the bullet hole duck, they both have Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck pajamas on. Yeah. And Boys that they're being terrorized by actually coordinate with their pajamas. I never so made the, that connection. I mean, I recognize so the, the pajamas, oh but you're absolutely God. right. Although so, the, the duck is supposed so, to be representative of Batman from the the duck from the bat, or is it Batman Returns? Batman Returns, Batman I think. Returns, yeah. So, so the boy with the Donald Duck PJs is being terrorized by the duck, and the girl with the Mickey Mouse PJs is being terrorized by the vampire teddy bear. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Even I never really noticed that until I was a little bit older. But once I noticed that, I was like, oh, "Did they? Did they mean for that to happen?" <laughs> like, yeah. I, I oh no, they totally did. I think they did. They, they totally it, this did. Is, yeah. This is a group of animators that are painstakingly working on a stop motion project. Of course, they intended that. It's kind of hard to like. It's not like animation where it's like, oh, we didn't think about that. This is more like we've been working frame by frame by frame for like yeah. years. It, you have to have a personality to do that. Like you have mm. to have a very patient personality for that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's delivering toys and the police are getting so many calls like, uh, yeah, this imposter is delivering some scary toys. Santa's nowhere to be found. Oh, no. And Jack is oblivious. I like the, I do, I was going to say my favorite toy is actually the, uh, the, the buckshot duck. The buckshot. Yeah. That's good. I do like that duck. Um, it's a fun, it's, it's a duck. It's a good duck. Um, you know, what's interesting too, is realizing that Jack apparently has the same capacity as, as Santa Claus to get all around the world in one night because the, the lady on the, in the radio report says that reports are coming in from all over the globe. That there's an imposter yeah. Santa well, Claus. Well, he's able to handle Halloween all over the globe, so therefore he could handle Christmas. Oh, good point. But you'd think yeah. because he's that's not his jurisdiction that he would. Oh, but he did. He does have Santa's hat. Yeah, Santa's hat is what gives him all the power. It might be. Uh huh. Yeah, there we, you go. No, I think that's the implication because he takes the hat, and Santa's not able to get out of that one situation until he gets the hat back from Jack. Think about that. Ah. Uh-huh. You know that you might be onto something. Santa's hat is magic. I actually, so. I actually didn't think about that before this point. So, uh, 
That but, is actually really amazing. Actually, Thank you. so <laughs> as they're realizing, oh, <laughs> mess is happening. Sally's like, "Okay, where is Santa Claus? I gotta go after Santa Claus." Well, I think the thing that triggers yeah. her is when they hear when she hears military personnel are looking to take out Santa. Yeah, by the way, the, the military. <laughs> can we just process the fact the military shoot down Jack Skellington? You know, yep. I could process that. It's a kid's film. Okay. I just processed it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh. This goes into like one of my favorite weird kid memories. So I used to have like a treasury of um, like one of those Disney treasury books and one of them was for spooky tales. And the first one was Nightmare Before Christmas. And they wrote it wrong. They said that it was the <laughs> – I kid you not. Uh, they said that it was the army of Christmas Town. What? That shot oh. him down. I mean, the book was wrong. We know this is the real world, right. but they specifically wrote it as the army of Christmas Town. I was like, wait, what? Why do they have an army? <laughs> anyway, I just thought that that was funny. I, 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 but like that's how he ends. That's how he die. Uh, not die. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's how he's like that leads to his downfall is he gets shot down by the army and they in christmas town or not christmas town halloween town thinks he's dead by the way um i had to point this out to david that um because they're looking and he was like wow i didn't notice they had a scrying pool and i'm like no that's the witch's culture and he's like wait what i'm like yeah yeah, yeah i i, I uh-huh. don't know how i missed that but you're right. I for some for some reason I thought they were looking into the like the well of the town, but you're right. It was the cauldron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because witches can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But so uh, while this is happening, Sally has is going down to try and save Santa in an amazing way too. Like she actually uses her leg to tempt him. Ooh, yeah. What have we here? Yeah. <laughs> um, ah. It's that moment when he's um, doing this thing. I'm like, he really is the old man of the mountain. Yes, he is. <laughs> my, my. <laughs> Trying to make a dupe out of me. <laughs> yeah. but, His amazing inhaling powers. But uh, <laughs> actually, yeah. the next song. <laughs> so the next song is uh, 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 poor, uh, poor Jack. Um, this yeah. is where we see him in the graveyard and. I I think this is also my other favorite song. And the re- this is a good one. And the reason for this yeah. is, um, first of all, there's a softness to this song. Um, and, uh, oh, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot. We forgot the song. We completely skipped over Sally's we, song. What? Okay. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed, of- too. I'm ashamed, I'm ashamed too. too. That's... <laughs> Like that's a very I'm gonna I'm just gonna go to the corner right now. For- <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, no, I, it's kind of like Sally's Sally's here with us in spirit. What this is a this, I like. Oh man, Sally's song is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a very it nice, is sweet. It's a very somber, sweet song. It's a very, it's another longing kind of song too. Yeah, it's kind does of. He, yeah. Does he realize how much I'm crushing on him? No, he mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, but um. I am. This is another song that I'm really in love with, of because of the uh, of the beautiful melody behind it. Mm-hmm. It takes up like a good majority of the score. It uh, it's got really powerful lyrics too, like yeah. lyrics that lyrics that like hit you internally. You mm-hmm. know, that really that really touch you. Um, and even though it is short, which is my one 
one right. I don't know what to call it, but yeah, not gripe. Well, pro- probably you know criticism. Yeah, yeah, my one my one criticism about it is that it was a little short. Um, I still think it's a really gorgeous song. I think it's beautiful. Oh yeah. I didn't want to. So. Yeah, I'm glad you you caught that, Kayla, because I would feel really bad because we I we care about Sally. I think I think I like that Sally has been kind of trying to look out for Jack without you know realizing it. And, and again, it's a pine. It's a song that's 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 sad and melancholy, but it still has that pining to it, which uh, is what she's been doing most of the movie. Also, like, really I, pining yeah. for Jack. I do want to address one thing about Sally, and I remember this from the behind the scenes of. Um, the night before Christmas, that one of the things they wanted to do is like, well, Sally's a rag doll, so we wanted her to walk a bit more awkwardly, and mm-hmm. uh, and you see that in her movements, she does walk as though she is a rag doll, basically. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that. I like that they didn't make her like a Disney princess, where if you know how they like we've, we've talked about this, like how um, for past Disney princesses they like watch ballerinas and stuff like that, so they'd be so graceful. With her, it's like no. She's a ragdoll. She walks like a ragdoll. Yeah. And you can see yeah. it in her movement. And her movements are very distinct. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do like that. Yeah. Um, and, but flash forward to uh, Poor Jack. Uh, Poor Jack is my other favorite song. And the reason for this is just, it feels like, first of all, he's going through the five stages of grief. and But at the same time, it's like he's dealing with this internal emotion, just trying to figure out what happened, what went wrong. But it ends on a positive note, which I really like. It's, again, begins somberly, like, what have I done? And then that feeling of, well, why does nothing ever turn out like it should? I'm like, yeah, I know that feel. And then he takes something positive out of it. He's like, hey, I did my best. And you know what? I tasted something swell. I like how he kind of realizes, like, maybe I'm not cut out for this, but at least I tried something different. And it shakes him out of his doldrums, finally. He's like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm not cut out for this Christmas thing, but I know what I'm good at, and that's being scary. <laughs> and he just can't wait till the next Halloween, and he's got so many ideas. It definitely let him step out of his <laughs> step out out of the box for a little bit. So now maybe when he comes back, he can feel like yeah. he renewed it. And still, you know, it's, it's a little sad that he he maybe feels still pigeonholed into his one holiday. This is the second song of my number one spot. Oh. See, we're on the same page. This is the one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So my thoughts are more or less the same with yours, Kayla. Mm-hmm. Um, except that the way I see it is that what's this is my number one song a because, like I said, it's a song about discovery mm-hmm. and like discovering something new. I think that Poor Jack is a great song about rediscovery because. You know, he tries to do something that he thought would be really good for the world and something that would replicate the feelings of Christmas the way he saw it and the way the world sees it. And his reward is that he got shot out of the sky for it. And he's like, well, what? Why? Why? What did I do? (laughs) They're they're both very internal songs. Like, they're both like looking into who who he is as a person and trying yeah. to figure out his emotions mm-hmm. which actually you- that's actually a lot of his songs come to think about it's about him trying to figure out the world around him and not being yeah. able to understand it he despite someone who actually kind of jumps feet first at least that's what i see seem to think of this guy he does think a lot or he is a yeah. he does have a very mm-hmm. he does internalize a lot of stuff um yeah so, so we 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So to wrap up, he <clears> – <throat> so he thinks about it and he's like, well, shoot. I mean I've, I've spent all of this energy and my whole town got together and we put this together and it didn't go well. But you know what? I did it. I feel pretty darn good that I did. And you know what? I think I feel like myself again. He learned and from, I think that that's he learned from a mistake. Yeah, and that's a very important lesson in for life in general. I think mm-hmm. that's why this movie and that's this song alone out of well, out of many moments, but mm-hmm. this song alone is I think the reason that this movie can resonate with everybody Aww. because everybody has done something that was similar to that where they wanted to work on something that they wanted to do for a long time. Mm -hmm. They get to do it. And if it ends up a success, then great. But if it doesn't end up a success in the case of Jack's Christmas here, then we do go through that a lot. We think, well, shoot, I thought it was cool. I thought it was great, you know, and they didn't think so. Well, that's kind of sad, but you know what? At least I enjoyed it. At least I enjoyed it, and that gives me more incentive to be even better the next time because I learned from it. So, you know, I think that that's a really important lesson to keep in life, and this movie is a really great – has this as a really great method of teaching it to kids at a a very young age. It certainly helped me when I was a kid. Well, that's great. I like that. That's a good – and I – you know, that's a good way to think about it, and it's exactly, I think, way what they're – definitely what they're going for to a degree and actually i want to add too it, i think it's really interesting that this is all sung in a graveyard in the real world but it's it's this it's a small suburban graveyard like everything is neat and orderly yeah. there's no decor it's very it's teeny it's weird because mm-hmm. it's in the midst of all these other suburban houses and stuff like the setting yeah. is so surreal for this but it's surreal in a banal <clears throat> way you know you notice that? Yeah. yeah. Like all the headstones are very neat and orderly. There's snow. There's no trees in here. It just feels like this tiny, like it feels like where you would put a like a house in a in a track home, but instead of a house, someone put a track graveyard here. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's interesting. Thank yeah. God all graveyards for some reason leap back to Halloween Town. That's a wonderful thing. It's a very graveyard book <laughs> kind of idea. Yeah, actually. Oh, yeah. Jack finds a ghoul gate and it takes him to back to the halloween town <laughs> which then made it sense like oh yeah so they all leave when they leave, come back from how ha- from the real world they just enter graves and return through the graveyard to halloween town well, on halloween Wolfie night has time to set things right so he tries to goes after sandy claus which means oh gotta go back to to uh find the trick-or-treaters and then luckily oogie boogie's casino is under the trick-or-treaters cat or house castle i don't know their their tree house their tree house, tree house. Yeah. uh so yeah. Uh, he goes after him, and the battle between uh, Oogie Boogie and uh, Jack Skellington is, it's good. Um, it's not epic, but it's good for what the movie is. It has fun moments. I like what, I like all of the booby traps that Oogie pulls out, the the playing cards with the swords, the, the, the slot machine gunslingers. Yeah. The They're- buzzsaw with a skeleton attached to it. And uh, <laughs> this is when we discover, oh, Oogie Boogie is all bugs in a sack yeah. how did that work well <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't matter it's a it's a good yeah. image pull, pull one thread and he comes apart by the way again this is all stop motion everybody he pulled they a puppet just pulled string and revealed bugs 
and the bugs are falling. This is stop motion. And this is like this is insane to me. I'm sorry. No, like, it's great. And the, and and the bugs are moving individually, which is the craziest yeah. part. Yeah, that massive like, bugs. Oh my goodness. With Oogie's face and his mouth and his eyes at the same oh. time, his whole body. Like wow, I, I it still boggles my mind to this day. Yeah, as I get it's older, really impressive. I, basically, watching yeah. this with the animation, it's kind of like a how. Wait, <laughs> wait until we get to Paranorman, David. I mean, oh. I, that was me how, throughout Ooh. the whole movie. I was like, oh, Paranorman. What? I I can't start here. No, 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 no. So, someday I will talk about Paranorman. Like, yeah, yeah. I love like, it. At the same time, like <laughs> let's not forget. Nightmare for Christmas. This is 1993. Yeah. 1993. This is an achievement. Yeah. No wonder it was nominated. Like, look at what... Okay, Toy Story came out in 95. If you look at the animation on that, that was ahead of its time, but it's you could tell it's old. It doesn't hold up as well. It doesn't hold up as well. But it's still quite amazing for 1995. That's 1993. Mm -hmm. And it still looks amazing. And it's... It's... Yeah. There's a couple, I mean, there's a couple of ways in terms of movements where I'm like, okay, it's like, it's not as good as Paranorman, but it's still pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, then this leads to them being saved and Jack's all right. Let's I actually shout. like, I like that uh, Santa is ultimately the one that kills Oogie. Yeah. Because that there's the one yeah. bug that, that seems like kind of the central bug. Thanks. Uh, but luckily, uh. I, I will say, this is okay. So, remember that big pin I put in the holiday thing? Mm-hmm. Pulling it out. Santa okay, seems but- to know about other holidays. Why doesn't Jack? Mm. I just get the impression well, he, he does. Just, I don't know if he does or not. He doesn't really admit if he knows. He's like, I just this whole insane asylum. I think he kind of got a sense of I, it. After- Jack, the next time you try to take over someone else's holiday, I guess he maybe got the whole. Well, but he it is, seems, but I seem like, again, you know. But then again, he is Santa Claus. Yeah, he knows a lot. It even says so, I'm Santa Claus. Once he gets his hat back from Jack, that's when he's able to kind of warp himself back out. Yeah. And so then I Santa, think it is, Santa I think Claus saves Christmas and everything is all right. And- it, it should, it sh- I should mention, uh, it's important to point out, this is where Jack kind of acknowledges Sally having done something. Like, what were you doing here? And he's like, he realizes yeah. what she was trying to do she was... Trying to help, trying to save Santa and trying yeah. to help him. And aww. Yeah, I had no idea. And yeah. then the trick or treaters, being the little uh, self preservationists they are, they're like, "Hey, we fixed <laughs> right here, and we weren't evil at all this time. Nothing bad happens to them." Because yeah, I mean, they, come on, they're, they're, they're mischievous trick or treaters. So. They'll be who will they'll be on the side of whoever is winning. Basically. So of course, yeah. By the way, yeah. this is a lovely gift. Oh. I think this is a nice Christmas gift for Santa to give. Um, Halloween Town is a snowfall. Yeah. That's that's so pretty. He he gave he gave them Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he was like, you know what? Let me give them Christmas, you know, the way that it really is, so that they do understand, you know. I actually really but, do enjoy the moment when when his sleigh this, is flying the, over hell. What's this and well, I like the moment where he's flying over hell and in and, and that Santa voice, "Happy Halloween!" <laughs> and to which and he, uh, and Jack says, "Merry Christmas!" Yeah, it's so good. By the way, the ending. Oh, this, yeah, the uh, the yeah. nice again, the reprise of what's this is great. I like seeing all the all the town folk interacting with the snow. 
get to see Doctor Finkelstein with his new uh, creation. I like the moment where ha- where uh, Sally plucks the flower, almost like she's expecting it to change, but then it doesn't. It's like a really brief moment, but then and then this leads back to the mountain. By the way, um, I'm gonna say this because uh, this is just a cute moment. I remember when Dave and I were. Um, <laughs> I don't know how how early in we were dating, but I remember I just sent you a message at one point. I said, my dearest friend, if you don't mind, I'd like to join you by your side. I know this was like on a Friday because I was like right up. It was like work and I knew I was going to see you soon. And you responded back where we can gaze upon the stars. And then we just continued lines back to each other. And I realized... Uh, this again further establishing like oh god this guy's amazing i, I love this guy <laughs> <laughs> i try i you know before you mentioned that your favorite song uh nick was what's this i was gonna peg this one as your as your favorite oh well, well this is a reprise you're not, you're not you're not wrong i mean it is a really beautiful repri- reprise of sally's song because it's a bit more because the key is obviously more major than when Minor. it was first up. No, well, no, it's made. This is this is more upbeat than Sally's song. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. No, I said this is more major where the other's minor. That's what I was saying. Oh, yeah. oh, I get yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I was agreeing. That was your agreement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. confused. Yeah. Sorry. Semantics. But that's... It's, it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's such a cute song. And it's it is. It, it's, it's, it's really wonderful. Now, I want to talk about this for a second, because I know we're at the end of the movie, but I yeah. want to talk about this for a second. Sure, sure, sure. The It's been discussed with a couple of my coworkers, too, and one of the arguments that keeps getting brought up in the movie is the people bring up sometimes is that the romance between Jack and Sally is very brief. Yeah. I think as proven through our discussion, I kind of respectfully disagree because I mean, it develops over time. It's just, it just kind of comes off as like a passive friendship. Mm. But then when like, even in life, little things happen that can make us change our perspectives about certain people. Yeah. So, so when Jack realizes that the reason why Sally was there was because she wanted to help him, Jack is like, whoa, th- this person actually really cares for me. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't think about that before. Like everybody else was just kind of going like, along with it because it was going to be a fun thing to do. She she was the dissenting voice, not because she wanted to ruin his Christmas, but because she genuinely was cared about him, cared about his yeah. survival. And, yeah. Um, and I, I, I can kind of see where the argument comes from because, like I said, most of the movie is is Sally clearly pining for Jack and Jack not really d- noticing that. And so when he comes out at the end and is like, you know, I hey, I I love you too. It seems well, it's, but the thing it feels is, a never, little out of here's left Here's the field. thing. They never say the words, I love you. It's just... They um, kiss, though. They do kiss. They do but kiss. There, but there's always, even when the way they talk and all that, it's uh, there's always been this kind of... Uh, cute chemistry like there's still there's still uh, like a romantic connection there like right in the way that they interact a little bit okay like clearly they have feelings for each other but i don't think it's love quite yet like they never say i love you it's just very basic i i like you and i i think we would we're good together and yeah give this a shot and it's and it's it's very sweet and cute. There's not a "I love you" or "Yeah, you're my yeah, true no. love." It's just mm-hmm. I want to sit by your side and be with yeah. you. That is sweet. And what I love is it's that it's then that Jack realizes that the thing he was missing 
wasn't <coughs> wasn't really another holiday. It was just someone to genuinely share his thoughts with. And mm-hmm. in that case, it was Sally. Someone and to Sally, bond with. Yeah, and Sally really wanted to reach out and tell him, yes, I will be that person. But, you know, she didn't know how to approach him yet. Mm-hmm. So, aw. I don't know. It's just, oh my God, I just love this movie so much. Yeah. And I think if anything has been established, it's we all love this movie. And, <laughs> and, uh, and it's a great way to, uh, and I love the serendipity of this being, us being able to talk about this during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. again, it, this really was serendipitous. And I'm glad that we were able to talk it and talk about it like, during oh, Christmas. yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that I think that about puts the wrapping paper on this discussion. So, uh, Nick, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. It, it, I knew when I saw <laughs> that we were going to review this movie. I'm like, we got to have Nick on. Yeah, but thank I, I'm, you. I'm glad you were able to join. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I I work at Beetle House. In case anyone in the New York area wants to visit. Uh, I also do the Haunted Mansion show on Mice Chat. I am currently just um, just about to wrap up reproduction on a podcast I call Tea and Tangents. That'll be coming soon. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I think uh, in terms of plugs, I think that about does her. So all fantastic. It's well, a good it's a good body of work. I gotta say. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Well, we're going into a completely different direction, uh, away from snow and darkness, and uh, stepping into the sun. Blinking, stepping into the sun. Yes. Okay. There will be much more to see that can never be seen. Which is crazy because but... this is a podcast, but there will be more to do that can never be done. <laughs> you got me again. <laughs> <laughs> but I followed it up, so it's not, so I was technically yes anding you. So we'll be yes, talking about were. the Lion King in January. So uh, look forward to that. So <laughs> so uh, happy holidays to y'all. I uh, hope you have a good uh, Christmas Eve, uh, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, just that your Christmas Eve is nice. Whatever holiday you celebrate, have fun. And have a good one. And also, we will see you in 2020. I- Happy holidays, everyone! <laughs> Monday Night Rufo, brought to you by Back to the Grind, where you laugh, (laughs) where we cry, and sometimes we even moan. And it's on iTunes, Stitcher, get it at all the podcast places. Subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. And you can also get it at BenviewNetwork.com. Check it out. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.